Lady of Spain, I adore you. Right from the night I first saw you, my heart has been yearning for you. Welcome to episode 153 of Both Down, the number nope. one, what? Is that 154? You told me that at the beginning. Yeah, I, I also told you that you were bringing us in because I was looking at the wrong thing. It oh. is correctly 153, Both Down, the number one Blood Bowl podcast. So I guess we're just rolling it. Might as well roll uh, with it. From Alicante, Spain. <laughs> hey, it's always fun to mess up in the middle or the beginning or whatever. Yeah. It's a. It shows people like right off the bat that like Scott Prime, who's talking now, and Steve Kilowog Gamble, oh, yes. who's just spoke, are terrible people, and so lazy no. that we're not going to re-record this. We're good people. We're just bad organizers. I actually have a spreadsheet that is lists you know who should start the program and you know what our segments are and everything. And I forgot that I already filled out that this was World Cup. So I thought this was one we already did. So that's why I was looking at the next one. Oh, because you told me 154. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. Well, you will bring us in on 154, but this is 153. All right. Well, everybody, this um, train wreck that you're listening to is both down. Woot, woot. Welcome. <laughs> hey, Moore actually did have a train wreck. Yes, we did. Um, and it got cleaned up within like two days, 30 hours. Yeah. I mean, it was it was quick. Well, you know, it's not Ohio where they're sending, you know, toxic waste that gets distributed into the waters. That is true. It was just a train derailment. And I don't think there was any passengers. Or no, it was just cargo. Yeah. Nothing super exciting, but it's a cool video. Oh, I, yeah. It's pretty effed up, really, to watch it, like, slow motionally happen. Yeah. And yet, and, be at full speed. <laughs> and really, what, like half a mile away from the house mm-hmm. and it was, uh, yeah it was your you lit your cul-de-sac actually butts up to the train tracks yes but so i you, am not at the end of the cul-de-sac no. that butts up to it i mean you're about four or five houses st- away funny story and i know you know this story but when me and my ex-wife bought this house at the time <laughs> we were so happy we had the keys. We did all the paperwork. We came over just to get into the house. Like, oh, we have a house. And we're in the house looking at the blank house that we've already looked at, just walking around going, mm-hmm. I can't believe this is our house. And all suddenly we hear a loud train. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we're like, what is this? Why do we hear a train? And we walked outside and it was even louder. And I guess the couple of times we were there to look at the house, we never put two and two together that there was a train tracks right down the street. And yep. uh, I was like, well, it's too late now. I guess we're just going to get used to uh, being next to some train tracks. And now it did. I mean, no, it you're... took like two weeks, two weeks and you don't even notice it. And realistically, for the most part, like there's, there's an overpass, well, an underpass for the cars. There's a train overpass, whatever you want to call it. So there's no need for them to blow the horn. So you never hear the horn. That's true. That helps a lot. So. Yeah. A lot of trains yeah, everywhere. Anyway. I'm, I'm by a train track. I get to hear the train sometimes. I'm not like super close, but, you know, it's close enough that I can hear trains. And back when I was at Mike's house, I could hear trains. I can't get, I can't get away from trains. 
You like trains on you. No, let's not go there. I like going on trains. Oh. Which brings us to... Segway. Alicante? Hey, uh, yeah, I guess. Spain. All right, so I'm going to be up front. This whole episode is Steve talking about his World Cup trip. Oh, yeah, for sure. So if you think, like, this is going to be awful because I don't like both down tournament reports and especially the bull crap of them eating weird food or eating food mm-hmm. and traveling. Like, I only want to talk Blood Bowl X's and O's. Well, you might as well just get off this podcast and yeah. move on. Thanks for the download. Yeah, <laughs> and there will be very small related to the World Cup shout outs at the end. So nothing, you're not going to miss anything there. You'll miss our rants and our tangents and stuff like that. But if you truly are here for true 100% Blood Bowl content, if you just want to hear the report of the tournament, we'll put a timing on the website and you can go to that time. You can also go to World Cup Report and hear me recant it there as well. Um, while we're here. Yes. Really quick. Yes. So, the last couple of episodes that have to come out at a specific time, (laughs) I take full responsibility for them being screwed up in some way or fashion. Now, I I like how you told everyone to tune out, and then you're like, since you're still here, I'll tell the remaining 5% of you that I screwed up. I'm talking (laughs) to just Phil. (laughs) <laughs> and maybe like Brian too, and somebody else that's out, John Brees. Yep. And um, so when we get these things from GW, they tell us like you cannot talk about this thing until this time when this product releases at this time to be ordered, which is like 4 a.m. in Oklahoma or something. Yeah, like it's that. 10 a.m. Saturdays, um, England time. So GMT. So on the back inside of our website, it has a time where I can, it says, do you want to start this at this particular time? And I've set it up that way the last few times. And for whatever reason, it didn't work. Now, I'm not saying it's a software thing or whatever. I'm sure there's some little tiny widget or something I did not click. And I'm going to claim that it's probably user error because I just don't know. And I'll take responsibility for it. But every time we've had one of these releases... I had to be somebody somewhere else in the morning. So it was hard to get back and fix the problem. So yeah. it's, it's all on me. I'm copying to it. And um, so there you go. And Scott has been very busy lately with his kids and band that are driving him nuts oh, every man. weekend. Yeah. So. We've been to a lot of band competitions. <laughs> We're going this weekend up to the great city of Tulsa for what could be an all-day affair. It's like a Blood Bowl tournament. You know, she performs at 1 o'clock, and if she makes the cut, she's going to perform again. And then, according to the itinerary, the last bit of awards should be done by 11.45 in a town that's nearly two hours PM? away from where we're at. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, if we do well... <laughs> You don't want to wish your kids not to do well, but at some point you're like, well, if we're if we're done with the first one and don't make it, we can leave early. Yeah, I mean, no, I just rather them do their best they can. Absolutely, happens. And you know, Scott being busy and then me being sick on the way back uh, has. That's why we're doing this report about a month after I got back. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's okay. So, all right. So, what's like? Is there an order to this, Steve? Do you have? We have like some segments here. Um, I mean, I guess we'll do loose the loose segments. Yeah, the trip before the event, then the event, and then the trip after the event, and thoughts, and then shout outs. Okay. All right. So let's uh, take a break, and we'll come back with some trip to Alicante. Well, I never been to Spain. I kinda like the music See the ladies are insane there And they sure know how to use it They don't abuse it Never gonna lose it I can't refuse it mm-hmm. Well, I never been to Here we go with Steve's European vacation. And really, it's not just Steve's European vacation. If I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, you were going over there. Were you still the Dust Devils? Yeah, Metamorical Dust Devils. Okay. And which had a little logo designed by Pete Nifton, which mm-hmm. is really cool. It's awesome. And you had Drew Bucciacone was your team captain. Yep. Am I correct in that? And then Chance. Uh, we had Chance Kirchhoff. Mm-hmm. Now, Drew was playing Amazons. Yeah, Steve's yes. going to talk a bunch, so I'm trying to talk up front here. <laughs> uh, Chance was playing Orcs. Yes. Okay. Then we had Tim Lyons yep. playing Skaven, I think. believe so. Okay. And then we had Nick. Um, uh, what's his last name? I cannot pronounce his last name, so I've, I've not committed it to memory. Okay. Anyways, Nick from, from the Iowa. Three Block. Yeah. From Iowa, uh, Rudinsky, I think, or something yeah. like that, right? Okay. He was playing Lizards, I believe. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm hitting four for four. Uh, Michael Lewis was playing, I think, Chaos Renegades, but I kind of want to yep. flop to Chaos Dwarves, but I'm going to say no, Renegades. It was Renegades. Okay. And then you, of course, were playing the Clamber, Claymore, the Campbell, Campbell Claymores, Claymore. the University. oldest team in the league. Sort of. Okay. But yeah, Norse. So that's your team. It's my amazing team that I got painted by uh, Drew Blood Miniatures. That GW, you you know, gifted us to do a review. So I got all the stars and everything. Yeah. All right. So when'd you leave? When'd you leave? Where'd you go? I know a lot of people went to like England mm -hmm. for like two weeks and then they go over to Germany and then they drive down to Spain. Yeah, well, so give us your trip. This year, since um, I have a good job that pays me well and gives me plenty of time off, this doesn't have to feel like a once in a lifetime opportunity that the last one did. So I just did about a week in Spain. So I flew out on Monday, uh, the before the event, and I got to the airport about four hours early. I like to be very early, especially with trips like this. I don't mind sitting around. Four hours? Are you saying I'm going to have to get there four hours early no, for Chaos Cup? you don't have to. Okay. But Denver is very busy, and this is an international flight. I don't want to make. Sure, I don't want anything to go wrong. Had nothing else to do that day because it was a and it was a holiday. So, um, okay. The day before holiday it was a Sunday before Labor Day, so. Um, okay. And then security ended up taking all of 10 minutes when 
They're usually pretty <laughs> fast, but it was super busy and still only took 10 minutes to get through. So shout out to DIA. They do great with the security. Um, okay. And then that was counteracted by the extremely slow service of the hamburger I got at one of the places there. It was it was fine. But like I even asked like for a go a uh, to go drink and she brought me a to go box and there was no food left on my plate. So mm. not great. Uh flight out was fine. Uh I ended up getting one of the seats with um like right behind the divider to the next section. So I had more leg room. Makes it much, much better. Don't like to be cramped in. Uh, I was able to read some. I bought a Kindle, so I plopped on a whole bunch of shadow novels and um, some other books. So I kind of switched back and forth. Listened to podcasts, I think. It's like a, I don't remember how long of a flight, maybe 10 hours. But I did my best to stay awake because I don't want to fall asleep there. I want to get to where I'm going, stay up a little bit, and fall asleep at a regular time to try to counteract the jet lag. Okay. Um, dinner on the flight was chicken and rice. Not bad. It's probably the best flight meal I got. So. I, I'm sorry, you <laughs> might have said this. Where did it directly take you to? From Denver to where? So this one's taking me to Frankfurt, Germany. From Denver? Yeah, straight. Okay, okay. Yeah, there's no direct flights into Madrid. Or if there is, it's not through something I can afford. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a dessert that I thought was a cheesecake because it kind of looked like a cheesecake with crumble on top. And I thought, mm-hmm. this is horribly dry. And then I realized it was just like a cake with cinnamon crumble on top. So, <laughs> okay. I'm an idiot. I, I'm a... That's okay. Um, for breakfast, uh, some sort of omelet with mushrooms that smelled like pizza. I have no idea why. Then we got to Frankfurt, and people had said to avoid Frankfurt. Did you poop on the plane? That's no. a long time to be on a plane. No, I did not poop on any of the planes. Did you, did you get like other urges and be like, hmm, I'm not going to act like I'm pooping? No. Okay. I've, I'm too old for those urges to kick in when I'm just flying. Hmm. If I was 18, maybe, but no. If it was a bumpy r- bus ride, you'd be like, hey, we're in business here. Speaking of bumpy bus rides, um, people <laughs> did say, like, Frankfurt, that's a horrible place to go. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just switching planes. It's not that big of a deal. And last time, Hess and I flew into Frankfurt, and we stayed in Frankfurt for a day and then took trains down to Dornburn. Well, they were right, because Frankfurt's a piece of shit. Um, mm, wow. Caught off the plane. And I needed to go to a whole different terminal to find, like, where I'm supposed to go. And there were no signs. So I'm looking forever. I finally found tiny, tiny little signs. Like, not illuminated signs like everything else had, but tiny, like, standing signs that said, or signs that said, um, Terminal A or whatever, Z or whatever it was, this way. So I went that way and down some steps and another way and down more steps and around the back and it took me to a bus then had to get onto the bus to go to a different part of the terminal and then when I was there they kept us in the basement in a super long line to go through security 
So there was no air conditioning. Everyone's stuffed together, have no idea what's going on. Get through security decently enough time. And I had about an hour and a half, two hours between flights. So it wasn't horrible. But yeah, I will not be going through Frankfurt next time. That was annoying as hell. Okay. Still plenty of time. I got to my seat, just waited for the next flight out to Madrid. Um, I got to Madrid. There was really nothing to that flight. I hit a guy in the head with a bag by accident, but he was fine about it. And then it was two um, guys. Like I, I had the window seat. There's two guys next to me, and they were. I could tell because they were speaking German. Um, and the guy that I hit in the head was ex-military, but chubby ex-military. You know, kind of looked like us. I was like, okay, mm. cool. Because we got to talking about some stuff. Then his friend sat down and they started talking about, you know, where they were going. And I'm trying to overhear. And I'm like, are these guys going to Alicante? Because you know, they looked the right kind of people. And they were saying some things that sounded like game, like they were going for something. They were going to some type of convention. And they were talking about a game. But the game they were talking about was golf. I eventually oh, figured it out. Okay. I'm like, oh, they are talking about a game, but it's not what I'm thinking. So I was like, that would be kind of cool. I think they were going to something like that. But oh. I didn't get into it once it wasn't Blood Bowl. I was like, meh, whatever. Um, so I got to Madrid and took a taxi from the airport to my Airbnb. I ended up getting Airbnb by the train station that I was going to take to the next day to Zaragoza to meet up with Brownstone and Brian too. Okay. Uh, so I got in, found my Airbnb, <laughs> and the first person I talked to was a convenience store owner because I, I, I've, I've been studying Spanish, doing my best to learn as much as I can to be somewhat conversational. And the first person I speak to besides the taxi driver um, was a convenience store owner next to the Airbnb that had the keys and they were Asian and spoke no Spanish. So, <laughs> and no English. So I basically was just like Airbnb and showed the app and she's like, oh, okay. And gave me the key. I was like, okay. Um, okay. So I was tired, but I went in, stripped down to just the boxers Put the AC Ooh. on as cold as possible and basically collapsed for a minute. I was going to sleep. No, I wasn't going to sleep. I was going to rest for like a few hours and then just go walk around and see stuff. But I remember Drew said that he was coming down to this side of Madrid that night. Because he got a hotel or I think it was a hotel by the other train station because he was taking that down to Alicante. Um, okay. But he happened to be right down the road from me at the Prado Museum. So I ended up, you know, resting for like an hour, if that, and then got up and the Prado from 6.30 at night to 8 at night or 6 to 8, something like that. It's free entry. So I only really wanted to see one painting because I was born in Spain, okay. left at six weeks old, but my older brother who's about 10 years older than me. And then my sister, who's, I guess my, uh, Ronnie's about 13 years older than me. And sis is about 16 years older than me. Uh, 
they, you know, had been in Spain for four or five years when dad was stationed there. So they used to go to Madrid and the Prado all the time. And they always talked about Goya's uh, Saturn devouring his children painting. So that was the uh-huh. only thing I wanted to see. So I went, got in for free. Uh, Drew told me where to go to find the painting. Got to see it. Got to see some other amazing stuff. I could have easily done a whole day at the, the museum because it has that much cool stuff. Just didn't have the time. So I met up with Drew and we started walking and just find, trying to find some place to eat. We, okay. yeah, I know. Not a whole lot for you to interject with, but. No, I'm just <laughs> thinking about everything. Yeah, I'm I mean, trying to, I, I did a lot, so I'm trying to just jam it all in, too. Um, my, no, actually, my, my brain, because <clears throat> you're watching me right now, is thinking about, like, traveling half a world away, and then you're meeting up with Drew. Yeah, <laughs> like I know. Just. <laughs> no, I got to thinking, like, I was. I mean, I know people do that all the time. It's just kind of like if you just think about it, it's just like. Hmm, no, like. Okay. In Alicante, Alicante, Spain, when I was there and all the other Blood Bowl players were, it was a higher probability of me running into someone I know there than it is almost anywhere in the U.S. That's Which fair. is really weird. But uh, So after the museum, we ended up walking around and we didn't, you know, we're in the middle of downtown Spain. We have no idea. We're Madrid. We don't know what to do. So we got the phone out to trying to find some place to eat. And no idea what we wanted. But I found a place that had good reviews and looked kind of classy looking. So I'm like, let's go here. It was called La Entretenida. I'm sure I butchered that because my Spanish wasn't great. Um, but it was a real fancy looking place. And the waitress spoke English, so that was cool. They had a menu in English, which isn't always a good thing, but this was not in like a touristy area. It was just in the back streets of Madrid, uh, which there's a ton of places like that. Uh, Drew ended up getting suckling pig, and I got poisson chicken in aromatic herbs. And What is a suckling pig? So, I'm going to look it up. You keep talking. Oh, for other people who don't know, it's basically a piglet, like a baby pig. That is oh, splayed okay. and then um, broiled. So this, the skin gets nice and crackly. Okay, so it's like a veal type thing where you're like this piglet is fed of its mother's milk. Roasted suckling pigs now are like a delicacy. Okay, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of a fancy thing. Probably not something you're going to find easily in America. Ooh. Did his come out with a head on it? No. No, this was just a oh. serving. It wasn't the whole thing. But it was awesome. And my chicken was in like a pot. So it was, you know, roasted chicken and it had sauce and it had French uh, patatas frites, but French fries. And it was amazing. Truly, it was just like going to Italy last time. The best meal I had was the first meal. Easily, hands down, the best meal I had. Um, We had dessert. He, I got a toffee cheesecake, which was really good. But they had something Sounds called good. French toast with nougat ice cream. And we're like, what's a French? He said it was like 
a French toast that was filled with cream or something. It sounded interesting, but it sounded like one of those things that if they do it wrong, it's going to be disgusting. So I passed on it, but luckily Drew got it, and it was amazing. Cooked perfectly, um, mix it with the nougat ice cream, and it was just awesome. So we did that. They put down a little aperitif, which is like a liquor and some chocolates. I guess if you don't partake of it, they don't charge you. But where we did, they charge you. Kind of crappy, but we didn't know. Um, so I tried a little bit of that. It was like a lemon liquor. It was super powerful. Um, okay. So Drew and I ended up BSing some, just about stuff, and then got outside. He w- went back to his place. He called an Uber and got a ride back to because he was on the other side of town. And I was within walking cool. distance, so I just walked. I basically knew approximately where I was and approximately where the Airbnb was. Just made sure I was going the right direction. And I walked the back streets of Madrid at like midnight. And it was amazing. You know, it's obviously it's midnight, but places are bustling. There's like little town bars and restaurants that had people at them. You know, like three or four people sitting outside or a little cafe that could hold maybe 10 people at most. It's just neat to see. You know, there's nothing Hmm. like that that I've ever been around, you know. That's cool. You know, Oklahoma doesn't do that kind of thing. Well, at least not the, where we hang out, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, before I got back to the Airbnb, I loaded up on some water, which was nice because I went to a place and, you know, if you're in a big city in America, if you go to get to like a bodega or someplace that's selling a water, you're expecting you're going to pay $3 a bottle of water. It was like 50 cents. So I loaded up on bottles of water. Wow. Yeah. That's a good idea. Uh, Next day, oh, one of the big things is my pill case died on me. So I take a pill case that has all my pills. Not that I have any prescribed medications, but I take painkillers. Not painkillers, but like Tylenol. And I take, you know, Sudafed or whatever for allergies, you know, earplugs, um, Tums for the stomach, you know, just things I might need. And it just decided to fall off the desk and explode. So that okay. ended up sucking because I needed those pain pills later. Luckily, Michael was able to find some. Uh, oh, he went to the streets and he talked to people. He's like, give me, give me your best stuff. <laughs> and they're like, oh, will... Mr. Brownstone, of course, sir. <laughs> of course, sir. Uh, we will talk about Michael talking to street people in Valencia later. Because that okay. got interesting. So All right. I go back, I crash, I sleep pretty well. It's a the bed's hard as a rock. It's not great. It's like a seventies futon, but it served its purpose. Now I've got with me two bags, giant backpack that's filled to the brim of clothes and everything, and then like a small um, shoulder bag that just has my essentials. I found a place online that said, you know, we'll store your bag for about, I think, a euro and a half for the day. So next morning, packed everything up, went down the block towards the train station, found the hostel that, you know, takes my bags, and I dropped it off. And that was awesome. So I gave them that. Then I started walking around, and 
this is my day to do everything in Madrid because I was born in a suburb of Madrid and every time I talk to my dad or family about what should I do in Torrejon? Like, nothing. Yeah, but I mean, when you were stationed there, what did you do for fun? And everyone's like, <laughs> we went to Madrid. Okay, well, oh, yeah, okay. but aside from that. So I really had nothing I had to do. And I only had one day to do what I could. So I, I decided, like, I made a list on, on Google Maps, marked everything, and plotted a course as to how I wanted to hit everything. First thing I wanted to hit was com comic book store because it was the okay. closest thing to me. And um, I get over there. It's like I left about 10 because things don't open super early. Got to the comic book store about 10.30. They don't open until 11. So I ended up just walking around that area. I can't. If I describe the area, it's going to sound like every other area of Spain because it's just apartment buildings, old buildings, just all kinds of amazing stuff. Um, as okay. I was walking around, I found a uh, like a market that was not open, like a, a central market that has a whole bunch of stalls so I can get in. It looked really cool, but most of the booths were closed. There was a couple that were open, but they were like selling meat. For people for the day so nothing really i could get um i mean you could buy meat i could buy meat but i didn't really have any need i mean to. it's not the first time you've been walking the streets and you paid for some meat steve that's true uh normally it's a hot dog or beef jerky they might have had jerky i didn't look. oh yes i know what you're getting at but um oh. i left there and found a really old church that they had turned into a library and I'm talking like a 1600s church that I walked in, and it looked like a modern library. But I didn't have a library card or anything, so I wasn't able to actually get all the way in and look at stuff. I didn't have that much time, I didn't think. So I just kind of looked at it and was like, oh, neat, and I walked out. Um, they had a little plaza, looked around all that. And then I go back to where the comic book store is. And this is just a, a regular street, has a whole bunch of different shops and i'm like okay it opens at 11 it's about 10 55 i'll just wait and then i waited and then i waited and this is spain so it guy ended up coming out of the apartment building and opening it up at 11 15 um but i'm glad i waited because it was amazing it was filled to the brim it was i'm talking floor to ceiling comic books and i don't mean like oh they just had some i'm like everywhere in there was comics and it was super tiny and overflowing with everything so i went to the front so it's kind of like the old shops that we loved to find when we were kids times two yeah okay because like i think i sent you photos like literally the whole wall from yeah. the bottom to the top had drawers or comics or whatever um trying to explain to the guy that i was wanting green lantern and he understood, but he was showing me new stuff. I'm like, no, I don't want new stuff. I want old stuff. This is why I wanted to go to this comic book store, because it was called uh, Coleccionista, so The Collector, I'm sure. And so I got to talking and trying to explain what I'm wanting. I'm like, I want individual issues, and I want old ones. He goes, I don't know if we have those. Let me go talk to the owner. 
So I start looking around the back where the, he's like, if we do have some, you know, look here. So I started looking at the bottom and I found some other stuff to get. And then the owner comes out and he had a giant stack of comics. One was completely sealed, which was apparently every issue of Green Lantern that came out in Spain. And then a whole bunch of individual issues. And he wanted 100 euros for the whole set. And if it was like the last day, I would have bought it. But I don't really need the whole set. He told me the other ones were $5 or 5 euros an issue. And this isn't like Green Lantern from the 60s. when Because back then, it was, if they had those stories, it was in Batman, quote-unquote, comics. It would say okay. Batman and Green Lantern, and then have a Green Lantern comic. So this was like when Green Lantern got his first comic by name in Spain, which is like 82, 83. So some of my favorite stories. And he had issue one in pretty good condition by itself. So I decided just to pick that up, not get the rest. And I picked up a set of um, Savage Dragon comics in Spanish for you and a really cool old issue of Superman for Alan that was in Spanish. End up buying them all. And of course, I go to check out and he goes, Oh, that's issue one. So that's going to be 20 euros instead of five. And at this point, I'm like, Yeah, whatever. It's, it's for the story. It's worth it. I don't care what it is. And so I was happy because I got exactly what I wanted. I did not have to hit more comic book stores, even though I did. So, like, and I got stuff for you and Alan immediately. So I didn't have to think about it, you know. And jump to the end of this, that story. I sent Scott a box with those comics, a couple of TPBs, and a bag from like Walmart here that I just put on top to add as a buffer. Sealed it, took it to the post office, sent it to him, and he gets it. And guess what I got? I get a bag. I get a Walmart bag. You got a box. No, no comments. Sa- it's the whole box, and it says received unsealed. And somehow yep. you got the bag. That's it. Like, I can understand if everything fell out and they couldn't find it, so they just sent the box. But the fact that they sent the bag, but nothing else, means that someone just took all the shit. Because there's no way, like, they saw it fall out and like, oh, I guess I'll grab that bag and put it back, but not the rest of it. Right. There's a paper. Anyways, that, that was not happy about Thanks that. Thanks for nothing, Steve. Yeah, you're welcome. I have a theory that you didn't buy me and Alan anything. Jesus. And you were like, you know what? I'm just going to pay five bucks. I'm going to ship a bag. And then Scott will think it got stolen. No. I'm not happy. I mean, until you send me some Savage Dragon from Spain, then I just don't believe you. Well, if Steve Green is listening to this, if you next time you're in Madrid, if you'd like to go to a comic book store and find some Savage Dragon for Scott, I will pay for shipping. Oh, yeah! That's how you manipulate somebody. (sighs) Yeah, I was so annoyed. Anyways, so I got out of there, and I started making my way to Plaza Mayor, um, because that was my main destination for the day. But as I'm walking, I noticed that there was a game cafe slash store, and I go towards that, and right before I get there, there's an American store. So I have to stop into the American store, and... I was able... Was it like cowboy stuff? No, it was all like soda and cake mixes and they had barbecue sauce. So like they had sweet, um, 
Sweet Billy Ray's, whatever. Okay, okay. Um, so they actually had good American stuff. I I bought a Dr. Pepper just to have one. And then I went. I mean, to, like a collector's item, right? No, nah, just like drink it. Nothing. Oh. I hadn't, I hadn't had anything yet that day, so. Um. Went to the game cafe place, and they had a whole bunch of games. It was really cool. It was very modern looking, like you would see a game cafe here. And it, I sat down to like eat, but no one ever came. And I was like, okay, well maybe they're not serving food yet. Um, so I just kind of ignored it. I wasn't able to look at the tables. Like the downstairs was the cafe and some games, and there's a bigger area upstairs. But you had to either buy a game to go play up there or pay. And I didn't want to pay just to oh. go look at something. So Gotcha. That's like, fair. Yeah. And again, I've, I've seen plenty of games stores, so not really that big a deal. Um, this is when I started realizing that Madrid is very hilly. So it's not like a flat walk everywhere. I'm going up a lot of hills, and I don't like going up hills. You're getting your butt wore out, aren't you? Pretty much. And that's the beginning of the day. So uh, <laughs> we're hitting about noon and like it's warm. It never got above 80, but there's like no wind because of all the tall buildings. It's just I'm in a city, so there's no wind. It's warm and I'm walking around everywhere. Um, and there's a ton of ice cream shops. Like, everywhere you look, there's places selling ice cream. And yeah, I can't imagine that place when it's 100 out. You know, and it doesn't normally get that hot, but, you know, thanks to climate change, it will. Um, but yeah, just even tops, you know, high 70s is uncomfortable. And I was actually wearing shorts, so. I I know, I was like floored. To see you in shorts. Like, I didn't even know you own shorts, dude. I bought them specifically to travel with. So, but they're very nice. Um, yeah, the whole world wears shorts when it's hot, Steve. <laughs> Welcome to 2023. Oh, thank you. Uh, but as I'm walking around, I start looking for, you know, I'm trying to find places. I mean, no, nobody freaked out about your, like, pasty white legs, right? No, not really. See? You can wear shorts. It's okay. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to find places to eat. So I keep seeing these places and I look at the menus because most places have menus outside. Nothing's sounding amazing. Like I know I'm going to be walking a lot. I want pretty much, I want a hamburger. So I'm looking around and all these places have, <laughs> I might add, this is the second time Steve wants a hamburger on this trip, folks. When does, what? You got a hamburger? Oh, I got a hamburger. hamburger. Oh yeah. That's... Yeah. But that was just because that's. Uh, you're right. What a good it's hamburger. Okay. I like hamburgers. It's okay, but I am going to tease you. That's fine. I fully expect it. Um, but I keep looking at these places, and they have a lot of stuff on the menu, and a lot of it looks fine, but it's not anything I know that I'm going to like, and we're talking 20 euros for whatever I'm looking at. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to spend 20 euros just for something I might like. That's not even, you know, might not even fill me up. So I have to get other stuff later. Um, and then I happened to see five guys. And I was like, you know what? A ham hamburger does sound great. 
and it's going to piss off a lot of people. So I ended up getting five guys for lunch. So <laughs> here's, here's the thing, though. Hamburger, fries, and soda cost me all of like 13 or 14 euros. I just had five guys on Saturday. It was 25 bucks. Okay. So it was the cheapest meal that I could get. And it had air conditioning and it had free refills on soda. So go ahead and mock me all you want, but I made a good decision there. All right. Okay. I guess you'll mock me later. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it speak it speaks for itself. People are listening. Yeah, and they're going like, "That dude got five guys. He's in the middle of Spain. Come on." I know, but yes, it's something I'm familiar with. But also, it gave me. A, I didn't have to eat again until much later, so that was good. Okay. I ended up walking past now, you. You you've been on this trip for a while. You're telling me you haven't made a deposit in Europe at all yet. Uh, no. Why are we okay. talking about that? We don't need to talk about that. I thought you said you were going to start doing that when you talk about your trips. To Nobody places. wants to talk about pooping. I didn't say anything about pooping. I said deposit. What are you talking about? I'm just giving you a hard time. Okay. Um. So I left five guys, which, you know, best hamburger in the world, and walked past Botine. <laughs> which is the longest continually operated restaurant in the world. And if I had more... Why didn't you eat there? Because there was a line out the back. There's a line out probably 40 people deep. There was no way I was going to get in. If I had more time, like if I stayed in Madrid for a few days, I would have eaten there for sure. But I just didn't have time. That's the whole thing about this day, is I had from basically 10 a.m. until 7 p.m., because I wanted to get to the train station early. Um, and that was it. That's the only time I had in, in Madrid. So I walked past that. And then I got to Plaza Mayor. Now, Plaza Mayor is one of the big things that you go to to Madrid to see. It's just a giant plaza. Uh, back in Dad's day, they used to go there all the time. They used to have buskers out there. They used to have people selling stuff. This was, um, this was a Tuesday in the heat of the day and there's not a whole lot of people there so okay um the first store i saw was a duck store like a rubber ducky store so i did end up buying your rubber ducky it's a a black rubber ducky that is in a detective suit with a hat so i made me think of the shadow so i named him lamont quaxton okay that's my call that's my claim to fame for the the ducks today uh, but it was very cool. Um, like I said, back in Dad's day, also, they used to have bars all over the place, and you'd go in and get tapas. Probably still that way. Not a whole lot was open. There was a couple of sit-down restaurants. But, again, Tuesday at noon, one, not the most happening time. Got to walking around. I almost killed a baby. So I'm walking Whoa. out of the plaza. And there's like three stairs I didn't see because I was too busy looking around at everything. And I stumbled. And luckily I have a good sense of balance. So I stayed on my feet. 
but if I hadn't stayed on my feet, there was a stroller going by with the baby that I probably would have just elbow dropped. So I, okay. I did not elbow drop a baby, so that's good. Oh, that is good. That's nice of you. Unless that baby was future Hitler, then I could have avoided a whole problem. But I don't know. Right, we're going to find out eventually. Thanks a lot, pal. You're welcome. I had a chance. Uh, one of the main things I wanted to see was the Muslim walls. Their walls from when the Muslims controlled Madrid in the 900s. Mm-hmm. So they put walls around the city. There is very little of it left, but it's still cool to see. It is what it looks like. Or it's, it looks like what it is. It's a wall. It's a dilapidated wall. Not the most exciting thing to see, but I thought it was really cool. Uh, it happened to be right by the okay. cathedral and the palace. So walked over there, and the cathedral and the palace basically face each other. And there's a giant plaza in the middle. So that is really neat. And there's a lot of people here. This is my first experience with inflatable panda bears. And there were two panda bears, like people in giant suits. <laughs> and there's a regular one, and there's a pink one. And the whole thing is just like anything. You know, you go stand by them, they get a photo, and then they want you know money for taking a photo with them. I wasn't into that. But I took a photo of the pink one from like a distance. And he just happened to turn at the right moment and look right at my camera when I was taking a photo. And now that's my lock screen because it's a great photo. Was he mad at you? Uh, It looks that way, but I did not ask. So I got you. So I walked around that, got to see the cathedral. Very beautiful. Didn't go in. Same with the palace. You know, didn't have time to go in and look at stuff. Was just looking around on the outside and seeing what everything was like. One thing I thought was really cool, though, was there was an outlook. You know, so if the cathedral's on the left and the palace is on the right, straight ahead of me is an overlook. And that overlook, I didn't realize that this area was so much on a mountain, basically. And it overlooked, you know, Madrid. And I just think back to... Come to find out the palace was finished like the 1600s or 1700s. So not as old as I thought, but still. You overlook that area and you just see the town and realize that you're in control of all of that. Would have, would have been an amazing view back then. Still an amazing view, but just like back then made me really think it was cool. I got you. Um, so got to see all that. Walked around some more... They had a topiary that had some hedges and statues and stuff. I went to Infinity Comics. And this is a the weirdest comic book store I've ever been to. It was the size of about a walk-in closet. Super tiny. On the left, there was a wall of about 10 comics and TPBs that I just guess just came out. On the back wall, there was like four or five things. And then there was the guy at the counter on the right. And that was it. There was nothing else there. So like this Was door, it a front for something else where he would move one book and the door, like the wall would open I and you'd go into like a sex dungeon or something? I don't know. I hope so. Or they just made all their money off subscriptions. Like there was hardly anything there. 
I'm obviously over-exaggerating just for effect, but it wasn't much. Hmm. But anyways, no idea. Uh, then as I was there, I went to the Mercado de San Miguel, which is a market just like the one I was at before. But now everything's open because it's the middle of the day. And there was construction, so I couldn't see. It didn't look as cool as, you know, seeing it before. But I got in there, and it was so, so, so busy. People were shoulder to shoulder. And, like, this is the place that has all kinds of these little shops that have tapas. You know, you can buy anything you want, any type of food. all t Fresh fish, fresh meat, fresh vegetables, all kinds of stuff. But I basically just got in saw how busy it was, and left. I'm like, I'm not dealing with that. Which kind of sucked, but that's okay. Uh, walking by Plaza Mayor again, and this is when I, I realized, you know, I should probably have a hat. I didn't think to bring one. So I bought the most touristy hat available. It's a red hat that says Madrid. So it was funny in Madrid because I got the most touristy one available. But then going to other places in Spain where I'm wearing the most touristy hat possible, I was like, oh, I look like a stupid American. Fair enough. I am <laughs> a stupid American. So I was fine with that. Uh, then I'm walking by, and there's a lot of places that are publicizing flamenco dances. And if you're not familiar, flamenco is a type of Spanish dancing. They happen at clubs about 2 in the morning, so they want you to come because it's a night out. They can get you to drink. You get to see the women dance, see the men dance, all this type of stuff. And I'm walking by, and I know that this girl is advertising a flamenco show because that's what they do. They put out pretty women to advertise flamenco shows. And she's mm -hmm. about five foot nothing, all in black. Um, you know, good figure in that. You can tell, like, she's a dancer. Like, in, she's, you have the dancer's body. Um, and like, I know that they're there just to convince people to come to the shows, but she looks up and she gives me that look like a come hither seduction look. And it was Ooh. just like the knees went weak. I was like, Jesus, I was prepared for this. And I still would fall for that in a moment. Nice. So that was really just it's interesting to see people really good at their craft. So you paid her for sex. I did pay her for no, I didn't have that much money. I don't think she would anyways, but it was essentially the same. I will tell you though, I don't want to know I don't want police getting called in those streets where they're so narrow and those police sirens are so high pitched they bounce off of all the walls. <laughs> it is deafening when they go by. I bet. See, the... I'm, I'm getting worn out at this time because um, I've just been walking for hours straight and in the heat, being fat American. I get to go to a place called Generation X, and it's a chain game comic book store. It's a pretty nice place. Again, pretty modern, has comics and stuff on the bottom. Up on top, it has uh, places sit down to play games. They have like a little cafe. Cafe wasn't open yet, but I decided to take a break because I needed to. I was sweating up a storm, drank a 
And I am loading up on water. Everywhere I'm going, I'm buying two bottles at a time, and I'm drinking them as fast as I can go. Um, so it's nice to take a break, but I am beet red and tired as heck. Um, then I headed over to what's called the El Retiro Park. Retiro Park. It's behind the museum, the Prado. And it's a giant park. I, I realized it was a big park. I didn't realize how big it was until I got there. Because I'm already okay. super tired. Like, my knees have tried to go out on me twice. My calf keeps trying to seize up on me to do, like, a Charlie horse. Um, and I get there, and it's more uphill. And it's so big. But I wanted to go see a couple of things. But I was so wore out, I'm like... Okay, I can't do this anymore. I had to sit under a tree. I told myself, I'm going to sit under this tree in the shade for 45 minutes. No less. At least 45 minutes. And it about killed me. Because I am not the type of person to be in a new place and have all this (laughs) stuff to see and just sit and do nothing. But I did it. Even though it was killing me the whole time. I was still tired, but I was less tired, so... Um, got back, started walking some more. They had a, a beautiful rose garden, so I got to go through that and see all the roses and smell all the different... I mean, it was just awesome. You know, not something you're used to in a suburb. Uh, they have a place called uh, the Crystal Palace, which I assume it's a greenhouse or whatever. It's closed to the public, but it's just a a glass palace looking place and it was very cool. There was some people dancing and busking and singing and stuff out in front of it and that was neat. Uh, then they had a place called the it's a monument to Alfonso the Twelfth and tons of pillars. It's like a small uh, man made I wanna say pond, but it's bigger than a pond. But it had paddle boats and people kayaking. Like, this place would have been gorgeous at night. It's still really cool during the day. Like, some of the statues were awesome. It was being worked on, so I didn't get to see it in all of its glory. But still amazing. Uh, Then I'm still just worn out. But I still got a long way to go. So I start heading back to the train station and the hostel to pick up my bag. And I get to basically outside of where my bag is. And I sat down for dinner. And I know this place was not great. This is just a touristy place, but I knew it'd be cheap. And it's right, it's walking five minutes to the ho- to the train station. So I was just going to sit there and relax mm-hmm. until the train I had to go. Um, I got Hamon Serrano, so Serrano ham. And it's just not my thing. So like I know this is probably not the best cut of it, but... They like very fatty hams, and I'm not into the fatty ham. So that's you're not into fatties. Not into fatties. I like okay. leaner cuts. Uh, same with okay. my steak. You know, I'm not. I will eventually try a wagyu steak, but I have no real interest in it because I don't like marbling and fat. I like sirloin. I like the lean cuts. No, I get you on that. Got went to go pick up my bag, and I told her my name. I showed her my little thing to scan and she tried to give me someone else's bag 
uh, some woman. She's like, this is your name? I go, no, my name is Steve, Steve Campbell. So we finally found it, and I saw it in the room. They, sh they had like 100 bags. But mine was on a desk. I was like, yeah, that, that one right there has my name. So I was very thankful that I was able to put my bag with those people so I didn't have to carry it around because I would have been dead. But that was a lot closer yeah, that to losing my been... bag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was scared you were going to... I mean, I know it didn't happen because I know that you would have already told me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, as you're telling this, I'm listening, going like, oh, God, you know, this sounds like recipe for disaster. Well, it's one of those things like you have to trust people and things can have mistakes, but that's why you have multiple checkpoints, you know. Wasn't my name, yeah. you know, I only had one bag. It said I had two, blah, 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 whatever. Um, so I picked up my bag. Got to the train station, and again, I will remind you, I have been walking, I think I charted it out um, afterwards, somewhere between somewhere between 10 and 12. Half mile and a mile? About 12 to 15 miles, maybe, something like that, throughout the day. I've been walking since 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Don't listen to this guy. He sat under a tree for like, he said 4.5 hours, I believe. Uh, 45 so. minutes, sir. But yeah. <laughs> It, I was 100% at the point multiple times of, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, you don't have a choice. You have to, so keep doing it. So I did. Um, I then mean, uh, there was no place to sit at the train station unless you bought something. So I sat at a cafe and I bought a croissant and some gummy bears and a drink. So got to have gummy bears whenever I'm traveling. I was finally able to get onto the train and it was about a two, three hour, about two hour, two hour trip to Zaragoza where I was meeting up with Brian Two and Brownstone or Michael Lewis. And it was dark, so couldn't really see much, but it was just nice to be on a train. We don't get to do that much around here either. Mm -mm. Uh, they picked me up. I was very happy to get to the hotel. Um, I was tired as heck. I took a shower, just wanted to sleep. Michael's like, hey, man, you want anything? I'm going to go down to the store. I was like, I would very, very, very much like some Motrin or Tylenol or whatever you can get because I'm going to be taking those like candy every single day because I have to. And he got that, and he picked me up a cheesecake milk bar. So that was awesome. Oh, those are always great. Yeah. Was, those are good, delicious candies for sure. So, slept and woke up, and then next day, Zaragoza. So, um, Brian, too, had his own room. He wasn't quite ready, so uh, Brian and I, Michael and I, took our bags to the car and dropped them off. Because that was one cool thing about meeting up with them, is they actually rented a car. So, we're going to be driving around the you know roads of Spain instead of just taking you know, planes or trains or whatever. Uh, we got to see some street art. It was really neat. And there was a a woman, you know, I was trying to look at it and understand it. It was a woman blowing wind that was shaped as a lion coming from the river. And, you know, Michael and I were going into discussions of what it means and blah, blah, blah. And I gave him a theory. And he was like, oh, that sounds good. We'll go into more about that later when we find out stuff. Um, in your honor, when I went to get breakfast, the 
pastry place had a, basically a kolache. So it was a pastry with a sausage in it. So I ended up having that. It was nice. not great. Uh, it was fine. Um, so then we started walking around to uh, one of the big plazas there. Like, we didn't really have an agenda. We just kind of got pointed in a direction and went. So we went through the big market there. That was awesome as well. A whole bunch of stalls. A lot less busy, but, you know, didn't need anything at the time. We saw the monument they had to Caesar Augustus. Thought it was weird that they had a monument to Caesar Augustus, but again, that got explained later. Uh, just okay. uh, there was like an old jail sale or something. Not exactly sure what it was. I didn't research it. So something from Roman times that was there. Uh, we found this enormous plaza area, which is why we went that way. And there was Basilica de Nuestra Señora del Pilar. So some type of basilica. Real beautiful church, and it was gorgeous. It said no photos, so I was being very respectful. You took no, no. If some if something says not to, I'm not going to. Especially a place of worship, I may not believe it, but I was the one who forced Chance to wear my pants to go to the Sistine Chapel because he only had shorts. I was like, dude, they want people to wear pants. Just be respectful. Wear pants one day. And then, of course, everyone else is in shorts and taking photos and crap. Um, but we go yeah, through this. What do you know? I know. I'm more, I'm more concerned about Chance not wearing matching socks. <laughs> um, but again, I was being very respectful. <laughs> Beautiful place. Didn't take any photos. Uh, we got to the main um, pulpit, I guess. We had a whole bunch of awesome stuff and where the people would preach from and the pews. And we just kind of sit down to reflect and to rest. And I see, I see a priest in robes go up to the main altar, kneel, pray, take out his phone, and take a photo. And I was like, <laughs> hey, well, if that dude can do it, I can do it. So I took like one photo after that, but I still didn't go crazy. As we left it, uh, they had a Museo del Foro de Cesar Augusto, Forum of Caesar Augusta. But not the person, the town. Because that's what Zaragoza used to be, was Caesar Augusta. That was the name of the town. So this was a forum oh, okay. that they unearthed, and we got to learn about the town. And as we're, d we're real cool place, we went underground to see it, because obviously that's where, you know, everything is. And... We learned the history of the town, about how it became a protectorate of um, Caesar Augusta, and they took his name, and is a valuable shipping port, and all this. And it started talking about the wind. And the wind was seen as, like, um, a goddess. And the goddess blew the wind from the, from the river to the city. And at times he got very violent. So that the street art that we saw before was the goddess of the wind with the wind going through like a lion through the town. So it's kind of neat to mm. put the two and two together. Mm -hmm. um, then since this wasn't the only Roman museum they had, they had three different things. So we got a ticket for all three. 
Uh, then we walked over to the Museo del Termas Publicas de Cesar Augusta. So basically public baths. And this one, if I had paid to go into this one by itself, would be very upsetting because it was literally size of a bedroom, maybe a little bit bigger, but it had a, an unearthed Roman bath. And that was it, one bath. And like a kind of a seating place. It was still cool to see, but not a whole lot to it. Surprisingly, uh, we okay. found um, another rubber ducky store. So apparently rubber ducky stores are popular over in that area. And uh, I got sucked Did you buy another one. rubber duck? I did not. But I will tell you, the rubber ducky at Plaza Mayor was like 10 euros. That's why I bought them. The rubber duckies at this place, 16 euros. So I got a good deal. Um, if you say so. Huh. Then the next place we went to was um, a theater. They had unearthed a Roman theater. And that was amazing because it completely unearthed most of it. There was a giant museum talking about the history of it and the discovery of it and how how theaters were worked up and all this type of stuff. And you got to walk around to different parts of the theater as well. So I got to walk through that. Um, that was one of my favorite things there. Uh, went to the, the cafe up on the top floor and rested a while while everyone else was finishing. And something that came into play a lot. Uh, they played a lot of 80s music. Like, 80s American music is very popular in Spain. I don't remember hearing any Spanish music. I heard mainly 80s American. Interesting. Yeah. Not horrible, but weird. We left so there. What you're saying is hundreds of years from now, <laughs> the only music will be 80s music everywhere. That is very possible. It's like universally accepted everywhere. Yep. Uh, God, that would be really weird. If the future looked like the 80s, if the future... If the true future looked like the future that the 80s thought the future was going to look like, that would be amazing. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we left there, saw a really neat candy store. It's called Captain Candy. And it had a nautical theme. So all the candies were in barrels, um, which most candies are anyways, but they really played into it. I wasn't really going to get anything until I saw what were called apple pie clusters. They looked like like um, like peanut clusters. You know, you put peanuts together and you put chocolate on it and you got a peanut cluster. I don't know what these were, but I got some. And I got some gummy bears and gummy bottles and chocolate almonds. and Basically, you just put everything was priced the same, so you just put stuff in a bag and weigh the bag. So that was neat. Yeah. So Michael and Brian had gotten in early because they went to go play at a tournament up in, um, uh, the, man, I can't think of what it's called right now. I I don't know where they were, but yes, I know that they played a tournament before the weekend of the World Cup tournament. Yeah, it's the north part of Spain. Um, just having a brain fart. Any brain fart. Any Pacho is the guy who runs that. Really nice guy. They love him, but he used to be a tour guide, I guess. Well, he recommended a place here in Zaragoza to eat, 
and we went there. It was the restaurant Palomake, uh, Palomake. I'm not really sure. Um, Michael and I shared some Navarro and Grouse sausages. Uh, one was really good. One was very oily, so not horrible. Yeah. No. Yeah. That so I'm rough. glad we got to share because I think the one I ordered was not the good one. Um, we went back to where the car was and we went back to the Panis shop and got snack for Rose. The Panis is the um, place that has all the pastries. You know, we joke, okay. obviously, a penis shop, but, you know, we're 13-year-olds. Huh. I would have never put... The... How'd you get penis out of Panis? Yeah, no idea. But hmm. I guess they had a whole bunch of um, just, like, nice-looking pastries and uh, chocolates and stuff. So they bought a box. Brian too bought a box of chocolates and for the road. And then we got on the road down to Valencia and Michael. I love Michael. Michael is a madman when he comes to driving. And what do you when, mean? when we're driving in the mountains of Spain and it's not even like big mountains, but mountainy enough. And he, he just likes to he likes to go fast and live life on the edge. Michael has been to crazy countries in his life. Oh yeah. He 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 fears nothing. I trust him. That's that's why I trust him. Um but again, a Pacho recommendation was on our way to Valencia to go to quote unquote the most beautiful city in Spain, Albaracin. And okay. uh we got there. And yeah, they're not wrong. It was amazing. It's a beautiful town, small, you know, maybe a thousand, two thousand people live in it. But it has a giant uh, wall that goes around it, that goes up into the mountains, that has has like a, f- a fortified area. And there's just it was just beautiful. Like, there was a church there. Uh, Brian and I walked around the church, and it just was like, in a movie, like an old Western movie, obviously Mexican versus Spanish, but similar mm-hmm. vibes. Um, and then they decided to do a giant wa- hike up the mountain. I was like, no, I'm just going to sit here and relax. So I sent pictures of the place to everyone I knew to make them jealous. Well, they were like, Brian too was texting me. He's like, how do we ditch Steve? And I said, go on a hike, dude. Oh yeah. This guy's already sat under a tree for like four hours. And he's like, gotcha. I mean, so I was waddling because my feet were hurting so bad and just doing so much. But that's okay because I'm still going to push through it because there's just so much to see. But I did not felt like bloody stumps. Oh, yeah. I did not mind sitting and letting them go hike. And then the it was real neat. The acoustics were so good that they were across a ravine of where a river was. And I could hear them talking to each other. So I yelled out, got their attention. They saw me. So then they got to basically the top of the little mountainly hill, I don't know, mountain hill, whatever it was. And they called for me. And like, take your photo. And I, I couldn't get, because I have like a 20 or 30 zoom on my camera that works pretty well. But okay. it's hard to zoom in and then find someone. Um but I found them, and then I tried to zoom in. I lost them, so I kept trying to find them. They essentially mooned me. So I was trying to get a photo of them mooning me. 
And uh, I got it when they were pulling their pants back up, but the point got across. They legit mooned you. Oh yeah. Like Brian too showed his butt. Yep. And you I saw his crack. I, I luckily did not too much because I could not get it into the camera's frame in enough time. But I tried to wow. get photo and blackmail them. Man, they were lo- they were like <laughs> cra- crazy people in Europe. Uh, they were having a good time. So uh, we finally left there and made our way down to Valencia. And that place was horrible for trying to figure out how to move around. A lot of one-way streets, a lot of confusing layouts. So hell of a time finding where we're supposed to park. Um I guess the hotel is pretty much in the heart of the city. There's a giant plaza. So many people around. Like, all kinds of stores and stuff. It's just really neat. We got to our hotel, put stuff down, went to go get dinner at a place just outside the plaza. I had some pork chops. Brian, too, had some blue shark. So I tried that. It was really good. By the time we got done, it was midnight. And we walked back, because like we're on a side street just off of the plaza. And we get back to the plaza, literally midnight. A guy is cranking up the tunes and throwing fire around. And there was another, there was another dancing blow-up bear. This was just like a regular bear. Um, but it was very weird. So back to the hotel, got some sleep. Uh, This is where Michael had his fun encounter with the person downstairs. So Brian and I get in the hotel, and Michael's like, I got some stuff to do, so I'll be up in a minute. And he takes a while, and Michael likes to talk to people, so we get kind of worried, but we know he can take care of himself. So come to find out, he got propositioned by a Russian sex slaver. He... A slaver. Uh, yeah. So he was just sitting there. I guess he's on his phone trying to call the kids or something. And a guy comes over and is like, are, are you looking for a woman? Would you like a woman for night? Are you interested in a woman? Michael's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Come on. you a fun night in Valencia. Why? Whatever it was. But yeah, Michael got back and we were like, we maybe you should just report that guy or maybe just leave it alone. I don't know. I don't know the right call here. Maybe the guy was trying to earn some extra money with his wife. And maybe they're like open minded people. Maybe. maybe it's like Spanish only fans. God. Uh it was interesting to say the least, but he made it back Did safely. You immediately run downstairs and be like No. Sir, sir, my friend is not interested. Dude. It's not even you funny. You could have got a foot massage. That's not even funny. People are sexually trafficked. It's not funny. It happens. You're, okay. You're a horrible Hold person. On. Before you're going to make fun of me for that, <laughs> it's called me a whole horrible person. How do you know this person had sex traffic victims versus like people that's their job? Because I'm assuming he was Russian. So what Michael said. I don't know. Let's okay. just get back to you He's being the horrible you. person. So it's you know you're basing this off of like stereotypes like all Russian people have sex trafficked. Yeah, I've okay. seen I've seen Taken. <laughs> okay, I mean it's okay. fair. Okay, you've seen. I've seen all three Takens. I know what's going on. Let's not get crazy. I think I only saw two. 
really think I only saw one. And then, like, two? Nah, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, uh, now it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, got a good night's sleep in. Uh, went down to, got breakfast at the hotel. And it was a very, very neat little room that they had. It overlooked the, the plaza, so I had a nice view. Tons of different types of bacon and pastries, meats. So I was happy. We went down to the Valencia Cathedral. Um, they had a market out in front. It had a whole bunch of different like clothing and stuff. And uh, Brian, too, was like, you know what? My wife might like something. So I helped him pick out a dress. I don't know if she likes it or not. Oh, well. And I think I helped. You picked a dress that I picked you would a, like. I picked a good one, I think. But. Brian, if you're listening, did your wife really like this dress? I hope so. I liked it. Um, you probably liked it for how you would look in it, not her. No, um, it it had bigger I'm like patterns. How, I'm looking at your face and like how you're thinking about what I just said. No, I did. I did like it because it had bigger patterns. It wasn't as it had more of a V cut in front that's a little low. I thought it might be too oh, much. So you're trying to... I thought I told him it's probably too much for her. She's modest, but if she wears a shirt under it, or she can put a like a a. She can just sew it higher, and it'll cut the cleavage. But oh, okay. I know fashion somewhat. I was brought up my sister, even though I'm not saying my sister knows fashion. I got the basics of color theory and stuff. Why would your sister not know fashion? I mean, like, have you seen my sister? Why couldn't she? Mean she I love my sister, fashion. but she's not. She's never been fashionable. Put it that way. Just because you don't dress fashionable doesn't mean you don't know fashion. That's well, true. That. Yeah, I'm a good example of that. Um, so we went to the cathedral there, and it was weird. Like, you could, you get to walk into the cathedral, and you can see, like, one-twentieth of the cathedral for free. Or you can go through the other door and pay and see the cathedral. I was like, I'm not paying to see a cathedral. I've seen better cathedrals for free. So... I went ahead and let them... They wanted to go up into the big tower there. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going up in the tower. So I'm like, I'm just going <laughs> to sit outside and wait. And again, that lasted all of like five minutes to where I hung out with a pigeon. And I'm like, I can't just sit here and do nothing. So I started walking around that plaza. So you just you just grabbed the pigeon and went to town. <laughs> Well, Scott's mind is one him place up today. No, 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 no. You picked him up and took him to town. You said okay. you went somewhere. He's already in town. He's a town pigeon. Okay. Oh, he picked you up. So he's like, "Would you like?" He's like, "I Do walked, you want a woman for tonight." I walked around the area some. I kind of knew the direction we were going to go, so I walked the other direction so I didn't see stuff more than once, and then I didn't want to wander off too far. So I ended up just going back to McDonald's because I wanted to try something from the. If I'm, I want to try something. You were like, I'd like a hamburger. No, it was still breakfast time, so I got a McMuffin. Um, okay, was it different? Uh, in the sense, it was god awful. Yeah, like it was. <laughs> it was one of the worst things. Just bad, super dry, no flavor. The sausage wasn't that good. Um, but I got some soda, some caffeine, so that was fine. They came out and, uh, it was a little warm, 
So we got some gelato. And the mint chocolate was not great, but the dolce de leche was really good. And again, so many ice cream places, gelato places, anything like that, just because it always is warm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're walking around, and I found this market that was is a market in the round. So it was like a circular building. Come to find out, it wasn't that old, but it was created on top of the old market that were based on a market that used to be like that. Anyways, it was really neat looking, and they actually had a Yardro outlet, which is a type of pottery, not pottery, um, ceramic. It's like high-end ceramics. And we used to have a lot of these growing up, and they were always on the shelf, and it was always like, you don't touch those, they're worth a lot of money, you don't want to break them. Um, But Dad, when he was stationed in uh, Madrid... He'd go down to Valencia, and he would go to the factory and buy them cheap. And this was a Yadro outlet. So it was really neat to be able to see him, like, firsthand being sold still, you know, 40 years after the fact. Realistically, like, 50 years after the fact. But still, it was very neat. Um, started walking around, and we found the Church of St. Nicholas. And Ooh, Santa the- Claus? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. That's St. Nicholas. Um, And it said it was the Sistine Chapel of Valencia. And that's a lot of... It's a lot of hyperbole to put out there. But So we decided to go in, and it was stunning. It was amazing. Floor to ceiling, just painted, and frescoes, and um, all kinds of uh, statues to different saints. It had a whole story. You got to, you get some headphones and a little player and you hit the button when it tells you and it tells you different things about everything. But it was, it was very awesome. Uh, We did that for who knows how long. Uh, We exited there, found another amazing plaza with a giant fountain, very impressive marble on the ground, um, more pigeons, just a lot of pigeons. Then we headed back to the hotel for our bags. And Michael went to go get the car. And it took Michael forever to find the car. Because a lot of different places look the same. And so he went into one parking garage that connected to his parking garage. But couldn't find it. And then it was just a whole thing. Uh, eventually, okay. he did get the car, and we headed off driving to Alicante. Um, and so before, on the way to Valencia, I got into the bag of the candy, and we tried those apple pie clusters. Again, I have no idea what they are, but they were awesome. They were by far <laughs> the best thing that we bought at the candy store. So, I mean, clearly, it was apple pie. I it it didn't it didn't no it didn't feel like apple pie. <clears throat> I mean, it had not, to be. It's a cluster of apple pies. Well, they're super tiny and harder than they should be. But I don't know. Either way, mm. awesome. But since I did that, and since we had trips for the last, or since we had snacks for the last trip, Michael decided he was going to be nice and get us a snack for this trip. Michael got us a piece of apple pie. He said apple cake, but it was really apple pie. And it was just in a bag with a slice of apple pie. 
in a car going down a road. It there was no utensils. It was just grab it and eat. It was messy as hell, but it was really good. Okay. Right. So we're getting close to Alicante. We end up stopping for gas, and Brian, too, said there was a really good place here by the gas station. And there's a restaurant connected to the gas station, but it looks like a gas station restaurant. Like, I don't know if we want to go to that. When right next to it is a super fancy-looking place called Maison Maeg- Maegmo. M-A-I-G-M-O. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. But we ended up going there. And Michael and Brian split an authentic paella. So we got our first paella. And their paella came with rabbit, clams, and snails. And I ended up getting a roasted goat shoulder. It was either that or goat chops. And so I went with a little bit more expensive one to try to get more meat. And... There was almost no meat on this damn thing. It was fine, but not a holiday. They bought the shoulder, my friend. Well, I mean, anyways. Um, So I was able to try some of the paella, so I got to eat some rabbit, some clams, and some snails to add on to the, the plethora of new things I've eaten. And it's really good. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but it was good. Um, and then for dessert, I had a brownie with nougat ice cream. And I I always forget, like, the chocolate overseas is much darker than what we're used to here. So the brownie was like a dark Correct. chocolate brownie, which I didn't care for by mm-hmm. itself. But when I mixed it with the nougat, it was awesome. Um, then we headed down to Alicante. We dropped Brian off at his Airbnb or hotel, wherever it was. And Michael and I headed mm-hmm. to the dock because it's right on the coast and our Airbnb is right across from the dock. And we're trying to find some parking. There's like no free parking anywhere. But there's parking under one of the hotels on the dock that you can pay for. So we get in there and this is the tightest. Like I'm so glad Michael was driving because this was the tightest corners. It was nothing was straight. Like, it wasn't like you'd go in straight and turn left and go straight and then turn left. It wasn't that type of parking garage. It was you go in at an angle, mm-hmm. you keep turning the other way at an angle, and then you turn back at another angle. Like, it was like an S all the way through and super tight. But we eventually found yeah. a place. Yeah, like I said, I'm glad he was driving because no way I could have done that. Um, so we finally parked. Got our bags, walked over to the Airbnb, which was just on the other side of the road, really nice. Dropped her stuff off, basically changed shirts, and then headed down to the docks for the opening ceremony. That's how tight we were cutting it. So the opening ceremony for the World Cup was held on the docks there. And by the time we got there, there had to be a thousand or some people on that dock. It was backed up. Like... When you come to it, there's a circle pavilion, and then the stage was on the, let's say, south side of that. And then on the south of that was where everyone was standing. So we got there late, so we didn't go into the throng of people. We just kind of stood on the periphery on the side. And got to see a few people, met up with Jonas and Anders. Um, 
as is always, saw Pat win because Pat just has some magical ability to show up whenever I'm in another country. <laughs> um, saw some other cool people, got to talk. Then they did the opening ceremony. W- wasn't really much to it. Um, the biggest excitement was there was a drone in the sky and they kept yelling at them to take it down because they couldn't start the opening ceremony if there was a drone in the sky legally, I guess. So that was weird. And then once that was down, they just was like, hey everyone, thanks for coming. We're the organizers. Applaud, applaud, applaud. This is the, the, the referee staff. Applaud, applaud, applaud. Introduce yourselves. Applaud, applaud, applaud. This is the people from Alicante. Thanks for being here. Applaud, applaud, applaud. Okay, everyone, see you tomorrow. Like it wasn't that fast, but that's all the that's all it was. Which what did you expect it to be? Uh, last time it was a whole ceremony. Last time it was at the venue. Yeah, I... they had drummers. They had a whole ceremony. Everyone got to hang out because you're already in the venue. You're picking up your stuff, and I'll be honest. I had worries going into this because their communication was not great. Didn't know how good the, their planning was going to be. And the fact that we were doing the opening ceremony not at the venue was odd. And that also meant that we couldn't pick up stuff early, so we had to do everything the morning of that Friday. And we were just like, I don't Correct. know how well that's going to work out, but I guess we'll just have to see. Um, I mean... Let's be honest. I think every World Cup event, when you deal with 500 people or more, you have to, like, in your mind go, I don't know how well this is going to go. I'm going to try not to be upset about it and just be yeah. patient going into this because I could be sitting around. I mean, software-wise. And, oh, absolutely. I mean, my, my brain can't imagine running an event with this many people. It, I'm so, sure it's a logistical nightmare. I, to- I totally get it. But um, so I was just concerned, and we'll get to that when we get to it. But after that, ended up going to a restaurant on the dock. I wasn't hungry. You know, we ate just before we got to town, so I didn't have anything besides some free bread. Went back to the Airbnb. Uh, all six of us, we maybe four of us, played a game called Skulls and Roses. Have you played that? Mm-mm. It's like a bluffing game. So like you put car you put either a it's a token that has a skull on one side or a rose. Well it's a blank it's a symbol on one side, and then you have one skull and all you know, however many roses. And your point is to get rid of the rose. Anyways. Neither here or there. It was fun. Played maybe a couple of rounds of it. It was real quick. And then just went to sleep. And I wasn't feeling yeah. great when I got to Madrid. Um, I felt like I picked up something on the way. I thought actually initially I thought it was allergies. I thought I was just in a new area. I had some allergies. wasn't really affecting me. Um, nose was a little stuffy or at times runny. Whatever. I was feeling better. And then I got to Alicante, and I guess since I was now where I needed to be, my body was a little more rested, and it just started hitting me like my nose was just super runny not feeling great and um, I was excited for the next day so I didn't sleep well so a combination of all that and then 
got woke up for the next day, and we'll bring that up on the next segment, I guess. All right, so, yeah. Anything right. before we go there? I know it's a lot of me talking about BS, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's a it's a lot of stuff, and I'm already thinking like, man, maybe this episode should be broken to two episodes. Nah, I mean, we'll see what we can do, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I did a lot, and the, I mean, I left a lot out, but I tried no, to you, pare stuff down. <laughs> no, no, you had full, busy, busy days. Oh yeah, and um, I mean, I guess that's what you got to do. Yeah, you're only over there now. You know. Craig. My roommate, uh, Craig Ashby, did the exact opposite thing. He got in, went to Alicante, and just rested. Like, he enjoyed himself. And I, he's traveled a lot internationally, though, so it's not as big a deal to him. I'm still at that cusp of, I want to see cool things because I'm in another country. I don't have that ability to just rest yet. Now I think, give me yeah. a couple more international travels... I could be there because I'm at the point where I'm like, I've seen enough cathedrals, you know, I'm cool to see in the outside of stuff to say I saw it. I don't have to go in. So who knows? We'll see. But up until the tournament, amazing time. I cannot thank Brian and Michael enough for allowing me to be the third wheel and ride along with me. Just being able to be on the roads, like solid hours of sitting and watching the scenery go by and it's just awesome so nice but yeah go ahead and end this and we'll be back with my actual tournament experience once i was the king of spain now i eat humble pie oh my unspeakable wife queen lisa now i eat humble pie i'm telling you i was the king of spain now i eat humble pie and now i work at the pizza pizza one two three four so now we're back with Steve. He's finally getting to play some Blood Bowl. Not yet. I have to get there. But I did wake up. Um, didn't grab any food because it was basically just enough time to get to the the get a shower in, get dressed, get to the bus. Actually, this time I did not take a bus. Michael and I drew. Drove. Michael drove. I wrote. And. Mm-hmm. We thought we could do that each day, but ended up, we were trying to save money instead of parking. Like we thought maybe we could park it at the venue overnight instead of the parking garage. And that did not happen. They're like, you can't park overnight here. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so we got to the venue. I don't remember what time, but it was probably half an hour before the doors opened. And there was a super long line. And already just so long. But we finally got to the front of, or to where we could, where it started for us. And right in front of me was Johnny Bull. So I got to say hi to him and took a photo and sent it to you saying you should have been here. Um, so right. once the doors opened, everything progressed pretty well. It was a little slow. We made our way through. They sent us a QR code with uh, an email. Like a little, um, basically an ID 
that had our name, NAF, and all that information, but a QR code. So people at the door just scanned the QR code, and that checked us in. So that was really cool. Then we got in a line, and that line took us to go pick up our bag of swag. And they did the smart thing of this was just the same swag that everybody got, and then anything you ordered extra, you had to go pick up at one of the booths later on. So picked up everything, uh, went to our table, and played round one. And again, this is 2,200 people. This venue is massive. But that being said, the 2,200 people were sitting at tables in the area that was a whole area. We took up maybe 60% of the tables. Then there's a whole bunch of tables that were just open for people to hang out at. Um, Mm-hmm. There was a seating area for the lunch where you picked up food. And then past surrounding all of that area were all the booths for the vendors. So that was really cool. So everything was there. And then like when you walk in, if that direction is north, you know, you, north to the left is where all the games are. North is where the vendors are. And then to the right is more open tables and food places. And the very back was a deli-like area. So it had coffee and food and everything. And up front, there's a couple of booths for the people that are running it for information, people that are running it to get your extra swag stuff, the shipping company there in Spain, and then a giant bar where you can get your drinks and everything. So everything was set up amazing, great layout, just awesome. They could hold everything and have so much extra room. And it was not super hot. Some people complained about it, but I guess I wasn't in that area, but it was not super hot. Uh, We got to our table one. We already knew who our opponents were. And ironically enough, out of 2,200 people, about 360-some squads or something. I um, can't remember exactly. We played an American team. I think there were <laughs> 11 American teams or squads, excuse me. And we ended uh-huh. up playing uh, Ordo Fanaticus from the Washington area. And, I mean, it's cool. We didn't have to worry about the... Um, the ability to understand each other because we can do that. No problem. Um, but it kind of sucked, true. you know, I played, we're at table 128, and I played Burke and he had Norse. I ended up winning the toss and received cause I'm Norse. I'm trying to get casualties and beat people up ends up raining. Uh, so that kind of helped not really for my picking up, but, And then it was a riot, so it moved to turn two. I was able to knock down three people, and I stunned his Yeti, so that was nice. But I did fail my pickup. I started keeping track of how many, because he had a boar. I started keeping track of how many times his boars worked. He was 0 for 2 this time. He ended up casually an Orphwarner his first turn, so that wasn't too cool. Or maybe second turn. Uh, I was able to get the ball on my turn. 
Um, his boar was 0 for 1 this turn. Started going down the left side. Didn't have a whole lot of great protection, but trying to do what I can. This time his boars are 1 for 2. So his boars aren't, the pick-me-up's not really doing him great. His yeti ends up both downing, but still causes a casualty on my lineman. On my turn, I move up some. I do a one-die block on somebody and end up casualing myself. So that's fun. Uh, next turn, his boar was one for one. He ends up hitting my ball carrier, stuns me. He picks up the ball in the rain with no problem. I finally casualty my first guy. Uh, he has an apothecary, but for some reason he didn't use it. I don't think it was a lineman either. I don't remember exactly who it was. I tried to dodge into his tackle zone to hit the ball carrier and failed. He ended up crowd surfing one of my guys and KO'd him. I tried to dodge away and hit the ball carrier again and failed. Uh, then he scored on the last turn of the first half. So not great. Second half, he receives the ball and he starts immediately with a skull skull. And I believe that was on the Yeti, so he did not get his loner roll. I was able to casually a Valkyrie, so things started looking good. My Yeti decided not to hit someone, so that kind of sucked. He was unable to pick up the ball. I used my Yeti to knock the boar into the ball. I did KO it, and the ball ended up staying by my Yeti, so that was nice. Uh, he was able, even though my guy was there, and it was raining, he was able to pick up the ball. I used my Valkyrie to one-die his Yeti and push him. Uh, he, then he ended up going for it and re-rolling a block and casually another guy. So his fourth casualty against me. And he was I was able to blitz the ball carrier, knock the ball out. I put my Ophronu next to it. My Valk is free downfield. So I've got it set up to where next turn I can try to pass. His Yeti fails again. So it's looking decently good. I KO'd a lineman of his. I go to get the ball and fail. Uh, he scalded out on a blitz to my Valkyrie. So again, his luck is not doing great. I blitzed his Berserker off the ball, and then I failed the pickup again. He blitzed with his Orphaner, pushes me onto the ball, and bounces to the Orphaner, and he gets it. And I'm unable to do anything on my last turn. So he ends up winning one to nothing. He got four casualties against two for me. And one of those was the boar. So really stunty casualty. Um, right. So I had a couple of chances to pick up the ball. And I just had to throw a quick pass to the Valkyrie. And I just couldn't pick it up. So it was frustrating. But I felt mostly in it. And I could have got a tie. Didn't. Ty would have made all of the difference because we ended up getting three wins, three losses that round. So we tied for, with them for the round. Uh, Nick, Drew, and mm. Chance all won. So next round, okay. table two, we're at round two. We go up to table 85. This time we're sp playing a Spanish squad called Averno Legends. I'm playing a coach whose name is Sarah Connor. That's her NAF name. Ooh. And she's playing Wood Elves. Oh, okay. So <clears throat> this okay. squad, the 
team lead on the squad was the guy from Dirty Market who makes those amazing dice cups. Remember those? Okay. Do you remember those? Maybe. That's a that's a no. I'm guessing. No. Okay. So they're amazing leather. <laughs> I mean, and he does you'll probably custom. show them to me, and I'll go. Yeah. You'll see them all the time, but it was cool seeing them in use. And eventually, they're pricey, and he got super busy because of World Cup. But it'd be nice to get some of that one of those made. Um. But yeah, so I'm playing her, and she's a wood elf coach. Her English is not good. My Spanish is not great. Um, so a little communication issue during this game. And I tried to use the phone a couple of times, and she just wasn't getting it. Um, but what really sucked is, come to find out, because I think it was Tim was next to me, and he was playing another woman who ended up being the girlfriend of the main guy, and also this woman's sister. And she's like, no, she's she's she knows a little bit, but she was tricked into playing. We tricked her into playing. So I'm like, I better not lose to someone who got tricked into playing. But she's wood elves, so you, you never know. Did you lose? Uh, we'll get there. I'm not going to just blow everything. Jeez. That's what you, you always lost want. It, yeah. uh, so she won the, the kickoff and chose to kick to me, which... I'm very fine with. Um, I got a quick snap and it allowed me to hit five people because of how she was set up. I knocked down four of them and got zero armor breaks. So that was fun. <laughs> um, I got the ball. Oh, so, sorry. She, yeah, because it was kicked to me. I got the ball and moved up so there's no rain this time. She got everybody up, moved, trying to get onto my ball carrier. I again knocked four people down. This time I was able to stun two, so that wasn't too bad. Uh, she started going after the ball. Uh, she only got one block on any of my people, and they were fine. I kept knocking people down and finally got one KO, so that helps a little bit. I moved towards the middle. She started putting tackle zones around me, and she just kept going for the ball. Because you take one of her war dancers and go for the ball, and finally she knocked it out. I was able to get it back pretty easy and continue going down the field. And I was able, due to positioning and her lack of positioning, I crowd surfed three people. And they just all went to the reserves. Not a single knockout, not a casualty, all to reserves. And, like, she's... I'm I'm not being mean. She's not the greatest player in the world, but she like positioning and stuff. But she is sending war dancers at my ball carrier left and right. I am not able to stall because I don't trust it. She's getting great rolls, uh, so I end up scoring on turn seven. Like I wanted to go one more. I mean, turn. I, I think that's pretty awesome that she's not like a seasoned player yet. She put the pressure on you. And, oh, for sure. You know, yeah. Went, ball, went balls out, so to speak. So, oh, absolutely. I, mean, I think that's kind of cool. No, and like I said, she knew what she was doing, but you know when you play someone new and the positioning is not great, you know. Right, right. Um, it takes a while. And I think I might have told her when she first set up, like she had people two away from the sidelines, and I did the whole thing of just letting you know I have frenzy. You don't want to do that. Because um, I thought I'd still be able to win, and Fair enough. Um, so I kicked to her, and luckily it was a high kick, 
She was already under the ball, though. Not a big deal. Uh, my last turn, I was able to casually one of her line people, thankfully. Then, of course, next turn, she did too. So, going into the second half, we're one-to-one -one on casualties against Wood Elves. Okay. Uh, so, I kicked to her. I got a perfect defense. She ended up doing a blitz, and she did two die uphill. And... I was like, you don't have to. She didn't realize because she didn't see that someone was engaged. I'm like, you don't have to do that. You can take it back. And she didn't want to. So she went ahead and did it, and she got pushes. So she didn't really suffer from that, but she could have. She ended up failing the pickup. So I put people in the back around the ball just to try to keep her from picking up and running down the field because that's what wood elves do. Uh, the Yeti ends up casualting a lineman. She did end up getting the ball, start walking down the field. I was able to come in and knock the ball out. I got the ball. I caged up completely. I just slowly moved down the field. I caged up more to where there's like two full screens around the ball, wall, around the ball carrier. Um, she tries to come get me with the war dancer. They go down. I KO them. And then I just ground down the field and scored on the last play. So I ended up winning two touchdowns to her zero. I had four casualties. She only had one. And then our squad won with three wins, two losses, and one draw. And for this round, I, Tim, Drew, and Chance... Oh, sorry. Uh, it was me, Tim, and Drew that won. Chance drew, and then Michael and Nick lost. And then okay. we went up to table 50. Played another Spanish team, the Bilbao Staff Feats Forfer. No idea what that means. Uh, the coach I played was Tybalt, and he was playing Chaos Renegades. It was a super nice guy. It seemed like he was the seventh man in the squad, because I think he was just playing because someone else didn't want to. Not sure entirely. He spoke English well enough, so we were talking back and forth. And he was, like, so nice. He's like, um, you want to receive... Well, you want to, I don't care. You, you pick. You want to receive or you want to kick. I don't care. We don't need to roll. You pick. I was like, uh, I'll receive, I guess. Thanks. Don't know why he did it, but I'm not going to complain. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, like, okay. Thanks, pal. So like I said, he was real nice. Um, got a riot, so it was turned two immediately. The ball went out of bounds, so I gave it to my Valkyrie, moved down to the left. My Yeti failed to activate... Yeti, this tournament, when I wanted him to hit people, not the greatest. When I wanted him to move or use a reroll, pretty damn good. So not complaining too much, but could have been better. Um, his first turn, he just starts going through tackle zones and hits the ball carrier with one die and pals him. Then, so And gets a casualty. So my turn, I stunned his ogre which was nice. His turn, he knocked down four people and stunned every single one of them. I moved wow. up the sideline some, but had too few people to protect the ball carrier. And he's able to maneuver, cancel tackle zones, and then blitzed into tackle zones to hit the ball carrier out of bounds. Like, I basically had it to where he had to go into three or four tackle zones. I forget which to even get the ball carrier and that wasn't enough he was able to push the ball carrier out of bounds 
Luckily, the ball goes 10 squares towards my end zone. Um, unluckily, mm-hmm. I had nobody over there. Uh, my Yeti ended up double sculling, which did not help me. Uh, he ends, he stalls at the end zone. I send people down to just to try anything. I can't do anything. Tried to dodge into two tackle zones for a hit on the ball carrier. I failed and casualtyed myself. And that's when I found out that all casualties count. Like, not just regular casualties. We're supposed to be tracking every single type of casualty. Really? Yeah. I guess it was in the rule pack, and we never saw that because it's just such an anomaly. We're not used to it. Um, so okay, his next turn... really weird. Yeah. His next turn, he casualties a lineman, and he scores on turn eight. Kickoff is an eight. Weather's fine. Goes to Hen's end zone. Um, he's able to pick up no problem. Blitzed his rat ogre. Did not get an armor break. He cages and starts walking down. I'm able to get a shot on the ball carrier if I dodge into one tackle zone. I failed and knocked myself out. His turn, he ended up casualing my Valkyrie with a troll. And then he basically just kept walking down the pitch. I kept throwing people at him as much as I could, trying to go into tackle zones, trying to hit people, whatever I could. Nothing. Nothing I did worked. He scored on turn six. So, only way for me to score was to pass. And I picked up the ball, went down, passed. It was accurate. Failed my catch. Uh, He ended up the game with another casualty. And this is just one of those games. Nothing I did worked. Every single crazy thing he did worked and he ended up winning two to nothing he had six casualties against me i had zero against him so that's why he's like i don't care i'm gonna beat your ass either way so you want to receive or so what's weird is so i'm playing this game and nothing's going my way to the right of me is tim who at one point says well i'm going to he goes uh this is going to be a draw he goes, if something, if things, if things go well, I'm going to win two to one. If things go extremely poorly, then it will be a draw. Or like, you know, most likely it will just be a draw. Unless something crazy happens, and then I'll lose. He ended up losing because crazy things happened in that game too. And it was just like he was playing dwarves and they went end zone to end zone in two turns. Just like it shouldn't happen. Yeah, it was... uh, and then to the left right. of me was Chance. And Chance was playing a guy who multiple times, like four times, dodged into two tackle zones to hit Chance's ball carrier with two dice uphill and knocked his ball carrier down. Like... Multiple, multiple, multiple times. So crazy stuff was happening. No idea why. We lost five games and drew one. Or Drew had a draw. So we completely shat the bed with this round. Now, what really sucked is this reminded all the people who played last time of the round where we lost all six games. So was not a good night because we were just like, ah, things were going, 
you know, we had one win, one loss, and one tie. We wanted better than that, but that's fine. So I ended up, I, I cannot keep track of who I talked to throughout this time, and I apologize. I talked to so many people. Um, for that day, they had paella for lunch. I did not get it because I knew it wouldn't be good, and come to find out, that was a very good idea. Um, I did go to their deli, and they had jamon sandwiches. And when I say they were good and cheap, those things were amazing. And because it was a better cut of ham, it's still the kind of fatty like they like, but the bread was awesome. And those things were like three or four euros. So I got that in a soda. That was my lunch. It was awesome. Um, and the food places were open the whole time. So in between rounds, you can go get more food if you want. Saw so many people. Went to all the vendors. I got to say hi to, you know, um, Duncan and everything. So that was really cool. So it ran smooth though, right? So the whole day from everything you were talking about, you haven't complained at all about things no. were moving slow. We had to wait extra time. Everything flowed great. Organizing was great. Had no problems. Um, was really great. Happy that everything got worked out. So... Not a problem at all. Good. Yeah, so um, I actually got a Hamon sandwich in between round one and two. Everything was going well. Between rounds two and three, got another Hamon sandwich. And that's when I met Core, Jonas, Anders, Mike Davies, Stymie, Patwin, the squad from Joe Penny's Thighs, uh, one of the guys from Hackflam Globetrotters. So many people I couldn't remember everybody. I wish I could. I should try to write stuff down since I had stuff to write down, but don't think of that. Um, and then as we finished the day, we got back to the Airbnb, uh, went to Lebanese and Mexican fusion for dinner, and I ended up getting patatas what? al pastor. Lebanese and Mexican? Yeah. And I, 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 I was tired, and like I was not shaking hands with people. I was doing fist bumps. I was trying to keep my distance from people. I was telling people I was sick, you know, all this stuff. Um, so I was just tired and everything. Yeah. I got patatas al pastor, which was like potatoes with meat. Awesome. Didn't even think that that was Mexican and no Lebanese. So I got like nothing Lebanese, but everything there was really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we were tired. Okay. It's a, it's a long first day. We can talk about the length of rounds at the end, but that is something to discuss. And I don't know. It was a very good day. We would have liked to do better than we did. Um, I certainly was not happy going one win and two losses. Um, but again, not much I can do about that. I, I was close the first game, won the second game, and had no shot at all at the third game. So I did not feel too bad. Again, would have liked to have been gotcha. better, but whatever. Uh, got sure, back. I yeah. I mean, you always want to do better than you could do, unless you win. <laughs> so, yeah, got back to the Airbnb after that. And that was it for that night. I uh, just went back to bed and then. All right. So that was day one. Yep. Now you, sl you slept. You're probably exhausted. Pretty much. Yeah. 
Day day two. <laughs> Never enough time to sleep. Um, I did want to give a special shout out to Johnny Wilkinson. Uh, he's an amazing painter in Australia. He reached out a while back and was like, I hear that you have a tracking system for keeping track of stuff in tournaments. I was like, yeah, I do. I'm trying to fix it because it's always under change. He goes, can I see it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Sent him a couple of copies of it because I want, he's like, I want to do something of my own. And he ended up taking some of my ideas and changing them. And he sent it back. He's like, well, what do you think? I go, I like it. I actually really like it. There's a couple of things that he did that I took and adapted to mine. So shout out to him for having some assistance on my tracking, which gives me the notes for this. If I actually pay attention to him. Okay. Um, it's two. kind of a mid episode. Shout out. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, um, so day two, we ended up taking the bus because like I said, Michael wasn't saving any money by driving. So why not? Uh, he ended up t- speaking of Johnny. He's talking to someone. I don't think it was him, but someone from team drop bear from Australia. And they were talking about creating the world's longest pizza for some reason. Cause that's the whole thing is like the meals here were giant. So like giant paella, giant omelet, blah, blah, blah. Um, but apparently it didn't come out that great. So they got it in their mind that if they, if it came to America, they would make the world's longest pizza. Well, just in case you want to know, the world's longest pizza is currently 1930.39 meters. So 6,333 feet, 3.6 inches. That seems like a very long pizza. No way that's going to happen. Um, So for breakfast, I had a ham on sandwich because why would I not? I mean, that's what, like your third ham and sandwich and you're into ham ham, ham and burgers? That is hamburgers, ham sandwiches, yes. A lot of ham. But no regular ham steaks. Sad. You know a hamburger is not made out of ham, right? I know this. Okay. Uh, table 103 for the first match of the day. Another squ- Spanish squad, Escombrera Jose Luis. Don't know what it means. Didn't ask. My coach's name was Sprinks, and he was playing Skaven. So I won the toss. I chose to receive, as I always do. Got a nine. I was able to KO one of his linemen. Almost surfed somebody, but got a both down, both down. So that kind of sucked. I failed my pickup, but I was far away from him, so I didn't, wasn't really worried about it. I was able to get b- the ball my next turn, move up, kept knocking him down, but again, I'm not getting any armor breaks. He ended up surfing a lineman with a rat ogre and KOing me. Well, if you're going to put your rat ogre by the sideline, I'm going to try to surf you. So I tried to surf his rat ogre and got both down, both down. Um <laughs> I tell you what, I, I fall in for the same trap, Steve. If you put somebody on the edge where I can surf them, I'm like, oh yeah, don't do that because I, I have no willpower. So I got some more knockdowns, but again, no armor breaks. He gets a one die block with the gutter runner, and casualty is a berserker. So first casualty of the game goes to him, and it's on one of my freaking berserkers. Um, so my next turn, I go against the rat ogre again, both down, both down. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. And this was with my Yeti. So I had to loan her. I got it. Rerolled. 
and got a push and both down. So I was able to get his Rydogre off the pitch and KO'd him. So luckily, he's gone for a while. I was then able to casually his strip ball gutter runner, so that helped a lot since I didn't have anyone with sure hands. I was able to move up again, still not getting a whole lot of armor breaks. Um, moved Valkyrie to one side to kind of split the forces and open up for a pass if need be. And he baited. To, I, when I could move one person to a side and it brings two or three people over there, I consider that a victory. Uh, he tried mm -hmm. coming straight down like I'm on the sideline, like two squares away so that he can't, you know, hurt me. And I've got a screen and he's literally trying to go down the sideline through tackle zones because I have people there like one tackle zone, one tackle zone, two tackle zones, one tackle zone, all that. And Ooh. he got three or four of them, but he eventually failed. So I ended up caging and moving up. Not enough because, again, he dodged three times into two tackle zones, did a two-die uphill on the ball carrier, and got both down, both down. Now, I didn't have block, but I had wrestle, but I still lose the ball. But right. that sucks. However, on my turn eight, I was able to pick up the ball and walk in to get a score. So... Luckily, nice. still made out. Um, I had five knockouts on him, including the Rat Ogre. He got four out of those five back, but not the Rat Ogre. Oh, wow. Um, uh, it was uh, kick second half. He again, because we did like one play, nothing happened. Second half, he again did not get the Rat Ogre back, so I was feeling really good. Kickoff was an eight. He was able to get the ball, and he KO'd a lineman, so not great there. Got a couple of hits. I got four dice on the ball carrier with two hits with the tackle berserker uh, because of frenzy, and could only get pushes. He did a crazy, again, two-die uphill with the gutter runner and pushed the orf runner out and casualty him. So he's just going crazy with gutter runners, which I know is the whole point of him, but... So we've got a giant scrum, the Yeti filled a hole, and I just started maneuvering things around, and I did an amazing chain push of like three people that ended up surfing his ball carrier. So the ball went toward my end zone, my Valkyrie was able to get it, I casualtyed one of his linemen. Uh, he does a couple mm -hmm. of go forwards to blitz my Valkyrie and gets a pal, the ball goes right to him. I was able to blitz the ball carrier, knock him down, and get the ball. I tried a two-plus foul on the guy nearest the ball carrier and failed, so that didn't help any. Uh, he did three hits on my berserker and eventually got a casualty on him. He did one die on the ball carrier and re-rolled it into a pal, so that was fun. My turn, I moved people off the ball. I was able to pick it up, but I failed to dodge and the ball bounced to a relatively safe place, so it wasn't too bad. He did five freaking dodges and a pickup roll in traffic. He used the dodge skill, two re-rolls, and then he finally failed the pickup. So I was just like, come on, there's no way. 
But he, I, I was able to move people off the ball. I did pick it up. I'm still not completely safe. I mean, once you're that committed, you're like, yeah, you I've have already to. blown one reroll. I might as well keep going. Oh, yeah. And he, he did. And, I mean, it almost worked. Um, so I had the ball carrier. He did another two die uphill. Um, and he, he got a push. So I lucked out there. I was able to get my ball carrier free. I made sure to block any path he had on the ball. He got it both down, both down on an easy block with no re-rolls. And that just allowed me to move down, stay protected. I scored on turn eight. So I ended up winning two to nothing. Casualties, I had three and he had two. And that squad, everybody won except Michael. Well, that round, everybody on the squad won except Michael. So we got to nice. win. So turn, turn around. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Uh, this is when they were serving the giant omelet, and uh, I was not having any of that. So I went and got another ham on sandwich, because, I mean, I eat a ham on sandwich and I win. That's how it works. Uh, so in between this okay. round, um, right. do you know who Steve Green is? Did I mention this before? Uh, I believe so. I think we mentioned it last time. But like he's a high-end collector. I, so I, I ran into him and got to meet him for the first time ever. You know, we'd known each other online for years. And it was really awesome meeting him. Uh, got to trade some dice with him. Got some of his awesome dice. And then between this rounds, when I took Chance over to meet him, and Chance was just blown away by all the dice he had. Because Chance just loves dice. And he was trying to make mm-hmm. deals. And Steve's like, no, nah, just go ahead and take it. You're fine. No way, man. Let me give you something. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, round five. Since we won, we ended up going to round to table 66. Uh, this is another Spanish team. The squad's name was 4FAJ. Do not know what that means. Uh, the coach's name was James. And then he was playing as Chaos Renegades. And again, I won. Let's do it for a- AJ. For FAJ. For FJ. F- I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's probably something Spanish, but. Um, so luckily, I have received almost every single game. And I thought it would help me out. And uh, no, it hasn't really that much. But, anyways, he ended up getting a blitz. Um, but, and he got someone under the ball. And he was unable to catch it, thankfully. Uh, I was able to casually align men. I used jump up to hit the guy that was by the ball because he, on his blitz, knocked him down. Had to use a re-roll, but I did get him off the ball, so then I was able to pick it up and move down some. He was able to get a two-die uphill on the ball carrier. Those are becoming very common. Uh, he got a push, though. Didn't get to knock him down, which sucked. I moved down the left side. Not able to do great protection, but able to do some. He was able to get his Minotaur on the ball carrier and got pushes, thankfully. I used my ball carrier, who happened to be a Valkyrie, and her Dauntless to knock down the Minotaur and then cage up. Uh, But he did move up on me. The Yeti failed on a blitz. Like I said, him hitting people is not great. That left an opening on the ball carrier because he was supposed to blitz a guy, move him out, and then take his place and protect my ball carrier. That did not work. But even if he got a hit on me, he's going to be uphill. Um, his ogre casualty to lineman, and luckily he failed a dodge with the rat. 
So I was able to blitz and stun his elf. The Yeti failed again to hit somebody, so that sucked again. Um, with that going on and him having his people on the pitch and not able to really protect, I went ahead and scored on turn six. Felt kind of soon, but had to do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. Kickoff ended up being a 12. Um, not really anything exciting from that. He was unable to pick up the ball as he failed to block early on. I was able to move down and cover the ball. I put people around protecting the lines to it from him. I tried to pick it up and hand off to get a score and failed. So we ended up the half. He got two out of four of his, I got two out of my four KOs back, but not my Ulfrunner or Berserker. So I had two of my best pieces down. Uh, second half result or kickoff result was an eight. So the weather goes back and to the right. This is weird because in like three games, I've had weather results where when I've kicked, the ball has been to the right and back already. And then it goes back, right, back, and then bounces to the right. So it just keeps going into that corner. Nothing major from that, but it's just weird. Okay. Let's see. Uh, he ends up getting a skull skull and casualties his own lineman. So that was nice. I was able to get guys on his ball carrier, but I can't protect it if he passes. But I was able to get people near it and force him to do dice rolls. He does a blitz and he needs to go for it. He failed to go for it and casualtyed himself. I went ahead and used my Yeti on the ball carrier. And of course, the Yeti failed. But I wasn't going to take that as an answer, so I re-rolled and got it. Like I said, my loner's rolls were amazing this whole tournament. I was able to knock down the ball carrier. My Valkyrie got it, moved down field. Uh, His turn, he gets a 1 on blitzing with his troll. So he's not able to do much. I move down field again. The Yeti is going to listen to me and moves around for me, so I was very thankful. He goes for a blitz. He fails again to go for it. I'm able to score. Uh, kick off his prayers of Nuffle. At this point, neither one of us really cared. It got a two. No even idea what it is. Neither of us cared to look it up. We just like, screw it. Move on. Ball goes basically to the line of scrimmage. He fails to pick up the ball. I blitz a guy off the ball, one of his goblins. Valkyrie gets hit. Um, so I'm not able to do much. He blitzed my ball carrier and stuns me. And then the Yeti fails my blitz, as he always does. Thankfully, he failed the throw teammate. Um, So the guy just fumbled back. My Yeti finally blitzes to free my Berserker. My Berserker ends up getting the ball, passing to my Valkyrie, who catches it and runs downfield. I'm safe from everybody. I score turn eight. I ended up winning three to nothing and two to two on casualties. And this round Dude, I can't I don't remember the last time I won three to nothing. I know. And at at this high of prestige, I mean Yeah. Everything was working for me. Nothing was working for him. One of those games. Uh, we end up getting two wins, three draws, and one loss. Tim drew this round. Michael lost for sure. Uh, I'm not sure on the rest, I'm sure that Drew won. Um, 
and I was the very last game, so everyone was counting on me to pull it out and get us the win for that round. And whenever they were finished, I'm like, eh, I'm up two to nothing. It's no problem. I got it. And then I ended up winning three to nothing. <laughs> uh, so obviously, uh, since the MVP of this tournament is the ham on sandwich, I had to go get another one. And so the whole joke is that I'm winning these, what? What are you saying? I was getting ready to say, it's like you're eating five times a day there. It's only three rounds. It was before, it was breakfast, and then this is lunch. I mean, okay. it seems like a, it, it I get it. These are okay. not, I mean, they're not huge sandwiches, but anyways. Um, okay. So the joke is that the Hemon sandwich is my MVP, right? Um, sure. So we're doing the photos for all the Americans, and I decide, well, I got to take my MVP with me. So I took the ham on sandwich with me for the photo, thinking, ha ha, my MVP, ham on sandwich. Okay, in my head, that's what it is. To everyone else who looks at the photo, look at the fat guy with a ham sandwich for some reason. I'm like, uh, that's uh, probably not the best idea. So but, you're a little upset that you got a ham sandwich in your picture. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, mean, like, this guy, I mean, to be fair, they're like, this guy must really love ham sandwiches. And the picture's like, you really don't know the whole story. It's not a lie. I do love the ham sandwiches. Um, <laughs> but let me guess this ham sandwich was just meat and bread. Yeah. 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 I figured it's super wheat. Okay. It's good. Uh, <laughs> so, game six, we go to table 42. Our squad we play against is Terror Bull. Terror, the word, okay. and Bull. They're a UK okay. squad. My coach I play is Rick1980. And Norse again. So this guy has Brawler on his Yeti, Guard on his Berserkers, Block on the Orphaners, and Sure Hands on both Valkyries. Just remember that little detail. He's got Sure Hands. Both Valkyries. So one of the few times I lost the roll and he chose to receive, I go to kick him off. I go to kick off, and guess what I get? I got a blitz. So I move up towards the ball. And on most blitzes, you know, you're pincering, putting some people down the right side, some people down the left side, trying to split his forces, make him worry about me. And then when he fails the pickup, he can only blitz one guy, so obviously I can come back and swarm and try to get the ball, blah, blah, blah. Sounds great in theory. Was not able to knock anybody down, didn't do anything amazing, but I was able to get people around the edges. He starts his turn. He completely ignores the ball. Completely. He had people, he had Valkyries in the backfield, completely ignored the ball, went after my people. He KO'd my tackle berserker, and he pushed my, one of my Orphanus out of bounds and casualty them. I had no inkling that he could even do that or would, because why would you do that and not go after the ball? Completely blew my mind. And <laughs> it worked. Like, it freaking worked. He got two people off the pitch, two of my good people. So I'm trying to recover. I blitz on the next turn with my Valkyrie, got behind his line, 
he again ignored the ball and just hit me. Knocked more people down. He fouled with the boar. He moved, you know, I tried to move my berserker towards the ball. Now there's a giant scrum. I was able to get a casualty on a lineman. He got a both down, both down with a yeti and his brawler failed. I tried to dodge away with my one remaining berserker to get the ball and failed. And I just fall. End up casualing myself. All I had to do was dodge away, pick up the ball in no traffic. I think I could have scored or been like one square away and then go decide if I want to go for it or not. But no, I fall and casually myself on a dodge. He's able to get the ball finally after like three or four turns. Moves down. He used his ball carrier to hit my Valkyrie. Knocked me down. My armor held. I went ahead and blitzed his ball carrier with my Valkyrie. Used my wrestle to take him down. The ball bounces to his lineman in a tackle zone, and he gets it. So he ends up pushing my other Valkyrie with leader out and casualting it her. I'm trying anything I can do at this point. I tried jumping over a body to go get the ball and do a pass because the ball was still loose. And I had people, I had the Berserker downfield. Um, all the Valkyrie had to do was land, go, you know, no one around. Go pick up the ball. Again, no tackle zones. And then pass. It's a lot of rolls. I get it. But I failed the first thing. So I don't even get to try. And he's able to pick up the ball and just walk down the field. I'm, he scores. I'm unable to get my Berserker back from KO. So I have no Berserkers at all. Well, I have one Berserker. but um, No, the other one's casualty. So he's out. Then second half comes around. Berserker fails again. So now... No berserkers at all. Uh, got 11 on the kickoff result. I won it. I was able to stun one of his guys. I was able to pick up the ball. Went down the field. Didn't have any chance to do any easy blocks or anything. Uh, he tried to use the boar to pick people up. Failed both times. So keeping track of boar usage, it's worked maybe three times out of ten so far. Um... He ends up dodging four times with the boar just to put him on my ball carrier. And I'm like, what the heck? And like, I'm sitting there with the ball and I got a, a boar on me, which obviously has titchy, so it's not horrible, but I'm not free. So I'm looking around and I'm down so many people. I don't have any good options. So I'm trying to figure out like what my best option is here because I can't protect myself. I can't, you know... It's not like I can go left and try to go protect over there, but no, I just don't have enough people. And my Yeti is on the other side of his line and open. And I was like, well, theoretically, I can throw to the Yeti, and if the Yeti moves, he's five strength. He should be fine. Now, I realize that this still isn't a great option because he has both Valkyries in the backfield, and Valkyries have Dauntless. So they have the perfect person to take down this plan. However, it's still the best thing I have to try to get anything to happen. I go to make my first dodge for all this craziness, and I fail. Like, I don't even get to try to have fun. I just immediately fail. <laughs> um, Jeez, dude. Right. So he moves up some... Um, 
just, you know, he picks up the ball. I go and hit him, his ball carrier. I use my wrestle to get it down. The same thing I need to do dodges and now pick up the ball and then pass to the Yeti. You know, I'm looking at all this again. I'm like, okay, well, it didn't work last time. Maybe it'll work this time. No, again, I don't even get to have any of the fun. I fail the very first dodge. Uh, he gets the ball. I fail to dodge with an earthworner to try to hit the ball carrier. And again, this was a dodge into open. Not great, but it's 50-50. Just completely failed it. He scored on turn four. Uh, kickoff was a three. I failed to pick up. Failed to pick up. I just can't do anything. The rest of the, like, on my notes, the last four turns is basically just ugh. Because I just don't have people. I don't have the ability to do anything. I can't pick up the ball. None of my dice are doing anything. So he right. wins two to nothing. He casualties six of my people. I casualty zero of him. So, luckily... Yeah, I'm not hearing you tell me, like, I just slaughtered somebody. No. You haven't had one of those games yet. No, no, no. Um, our squad, luckily, did have a win. So we got four wins, one draw, and one loss. I was the only loss. Um, that gives us three wins for the squad on the day, though. So that's, that's really freaking good. awesome. Yeah. We're feeling much better now, because now we're at four wins, one tie, and one loss. So, ends that day on a pretty high note. We go back to the Airbnb. We're trying to think, what do we want for dinner? And yes, I know you're going to make fun of this, but there's an ulterior motive. We got hamburgers. Hear me out. <laughs> we got this because Drew's looking at different places, and he goes, this is a place here that has, like, it's a Swedish place called Shaboom. And they have a reindeer moose burger. And we were just like, reindeer moose burger? We're doing that. Let's go. And okay, uh, we got to go down the walk, uh, the uh, boardwalk. And the boardwalk there is very pretty. It's got the trees. It's got a cool uh, pattern to the boardwalk itself. Um, has some cool vendors or artists and stuff on the sides. So very awesome. Obviously, it's on the coast in Spain. It's beautiful. Nighttime, nice and cool. We get to this place. It's a little fancy place. You know, again, we're sitting out on the, on the sidewalk or the boardwalk just because that's how you do it. They bring out the burgers, and they're under a cloche that's filled with smoke. So they, it's a glass cloche. Um, might, might be a different name, whatever. So they pull it off, and there's the burger with just smoke billowing out of it and smelled so good and it was a nice thick burger and it looked amazing it had lingonberry on it it had some other stuff i don't remember what exactly and sadly the meat didn't have a whole lot of flavor like the lingonberry was good there's a little bit of smokiness to it but it just wasn't too amazing and then their fancy fries that they had were basically just a little bit of garlic and parmesan which again is not bad it's just not Super amazing. But that is day two. I bet you slept like a baby. You're like, only three more rounds. Thank God. I slept very well. I will say, like, it's... I'm not able... Big difference between this time and last time, 100% being honest with people, is I was not on medication this time, 
last time I got my anxiety prescription filled before because I knew it would be anxiety-inducing. So I did that. This time, I freeballed it and probably should have just because the anxiety was a little high. I'm not able to relax easily. Like, I had excitement for getting over there and seeing stuff and doing stuff. So I wasn't able to level that out at all. So I didn't sleep great, which made me more tired. But we're also staying out really late and getting up early because that's what we're going to do. That's just how it works. Still had an amazing time. Definitely not complaining. But if you're supposed to be taking anxiety medicine and you're going to do something very anxiety-inducing, maybe get back on the medicine. All right, so that means you're not feeling well, but you're going into Sunday, day three. You guys are doing really good, so... We had a good day the previous day, for sure. So we basically were just like, we just need to win at least one more so that we have a better than 500 record, but it'd be like it'd be nice to win all three. But of course, of you course. know, that, it's hard to wish. I mean, you can always wish for that, but it's hard for it to happen. Uh, so Sunday morning... We get down there again, and for breakfast, no surprise. You had a ham sandwich? Ham on sandwich. Yes. Is Dude. it really called a ham on sandwich? Yes. Or are you just not saying it's ham? ham. J-A-M-O-N. Ham on. But that's what they say. Yeah. They speak another language over there. I don't know if you know this. Okay. They speak Spanish. Come on, dude. Okay. You can't tell me I that. Worked I worked with a co-worker. I plenty of shit. I watch plenty of shows where, like, the aliens speak English. True. And yeah. The bad guys speak English. I had a coworker one time who was going to fr- Paris. She told the guy that she sat across from that she was going to Paris. And he goes, Do they speak another language over there? And she just looks at him dumbfounded and goes, Jeff, I'm going to Paris. Paris, France. Yeah, but. Do they speak another language over there? <laughs> yes, Jeff. They speak French. It's France. Well, yeah, I know, but like, do they speak American? Like, this is the same guy who thought that his kid was allergic to the SPF in sunscreen. And he used to always tell people, let me go re double verify that for you. I hate double verify. I hated this guy. But. Well, he probably believes the Earth is flat. Most likely. Um, anyways, next, first game of the day. Um, so game seven, we're at table 21, which is amazing. Going up Dude. against... So did, did, how many actual teams were there? Did we actually say? Um, I don't know if we did say. But... We're talking about, jeez, let me do some quick math. I should know. I want to say 163 or 138. I think it's 163. Okay, that's fine. So let's say 2,200 people people divided by 6 is 368. So it's 368 teams, 370, 380, something like that. That's a lot of teams. And you're on table 21, which means you're in the top 44. 42 teams. 42, yeah. I can do math. Yeah, so very excited at that point. Going up against a Spanish team go uh, calling themselves Los Galacticos. 
Okay. I swear we played them last time, or they finished well last time, because I remember the name. Uh, don't remember okay. the guy's name I played, but I remember the team name. Uh, he was playing Chaos Dwarves. And he won the kickoff and decided to receive, so didn't feel great about that. But uh, we got a coaching result, so I got an extra reroll. I did end up surviving all four of his blocks, so not too bad there. The ball goes back to his end zone. I tried to get him with my Yeti, but I failed to go for it. I know, Steve, why are you going for it with a Yeti? On the first turn, because I would have gotten his bull centaur out of bounds. Just needed, you know, not a one and then not double skulls. But that's what happens. Uh, he ends up going left to me, uses dirty player on the foul, casually as a lineman. Luckily, he wasn't able to get my Yeti. I was able to get to the ball carrier, had to use a reroll to get him, but I got a pal. And the ball ended up bouncing favorably for me, so that was nice. Then he pushed my Berserker off the ball, and he got the ball, and he moved towards the sideline. On my turn, I was able to push the ball carrier out of bounds, and the ball goes towards his end zone. I had some good openings. Uh, I dodged, went for it twice, got the ball, and scored. So pretty quickly, I'm up on him, feeling good about it. Uh, kicked to yeah. him, got a, cat, got a high kick. Uh, he ended up fouling one of my linemen again for a casualty. I got a hit in with my Yeti, didn't do anything, but at least he was doing something. His turn, he got called out for a foul, finally. So every turn he's fouling me, but that's what you do. I was able to blitz the ball carrier with the go for it. I got him, and I casually the Hobgoblin. Uh, he ended up moving around the ball some. I was able to get some good hits, dodge out, and try to pick up the ball in one tackle zone, and I failed. But it bounced to my lineman, and I got it. He then blitzed my ball carrier and casually him. Luckily, just a lineman, but still. Ball goes clear, and then he picked it up with the bull centaur and went for it three times. Pretty much out of my range of everybody. I was able to dodge away and go for it two times to try to get two die uphill on the bull, and I got double skulls. So not even one skull. Got two skulls. He didn't have to choose. Then he ended up scoring at the end of the first half. Going into the second half, I got another coaching result, but this time he got it, so he got an extra reroll. I was able to get some hits in, but wasn't hurting anybody. I failed to pick up the ball, but it was in the back, pretty safe. Wasn't too worried. He then blitzed my Yeti and gang fouled him and KO'd him. So, Yeti gone. I was able to pick up the ball. Moved down the right side, uh, moved my other Valkyrie left, again, to split and provide options. Kept moving up the right side. He ends up casualing another lineman. He blitzed the ball carrier. He needed to re-roll his go for it and the hit, but got it, and the ball bounced away, and he stunned my Valkyrie. I tried to push out multiple people, got lots of both down, both downs. I was finally able to push out a Gabo. It just goes through reserves. He chain pushes the ball carrier out of bounds, got a casualty. His hobo dodges, picks up the ball in a tackle zone with the reroll and dodges out. There's a giant cluster at this point. I failed to do anything because I kept getting both downs, wasn't able to move people around to do anything. 
On his turn, he knocks the lineman out of bounds again. And after all the casualties and knockouts and all the pushes out of bounds, I'm down to five people. He was able to chain push the ball. Excuse me. On my turn, I was able to chain push the ball carrier into the Valkyrie, who has strip ball, and I got two dice on him. It was a double push, but his guy had sure hands. So nothing else I could do. He was able just to get away. Uh, I tried to do some crazy dodges into two tackle zones and hit the ball carrier. I failed, and I casually the off runner. Uh, he scored on the last turn. It was two to one him. Casualties was six to one him. And then it was a one win, true draw, three losses for the squad. Nick with the only win, and then Drew and Tim tied. So loss oh. on the day for me, and then loss for the squad. The only good thing here that is sucks. even if I had won, well, if I had won, it would have wouldn't tie, but if I would have just tied, it wouldn't have made any difference. Right. So that made me feel a little bit better, but I'm just not. <clears throat> not how we wanted things to go. And it's just so no. frustrating when, you know, I do everything right. And, like, I was so happy to get that chain push and then just, like, oh, sure hands. Damn it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Happens. Dude, Pretty... you're just <clears throat> not winning that casualty battle at all. <laughs> not at all. It's pathetic. Um, in between rounds, I did take some photos of our big deal model and the Brian drummer, just to show that you and Brian were both there with me. Probably not the best yeah, time cool. since you were, you know, we were suffering defeats, but whatever. Um, table eight, we go up against, we're on table 44 this time, so we dropped pretty far. Uh, bien Samabe, Bien Misabe lovers. Don't know what that means. They're a Spanish team. The coach I played against was Tanis, and he was playing Tomb Kings. So not a great matchup for me to begin with. Um, by this time, everyone's just getting fatigued on games because nine games is a lot. And Yeah. Um, I won the kickoff. I chose to receive, just try to get any, you know, any casualties. He did the typical two block, two guard on the Tomb Guardians. Um, I wasn't able to break any armor. I was able to pick up the ball, started going down the right side. Uh, he ends up casualting my Yeti. I just made some stupid plays and got suckered into a frenzy that was bad for me. And then he hit me and casually the Yeti. So his first turn, I'm down the Yeti, my only strength. I was able to dodge past to the other Valkyrie on the other side of the pitch. I caught it and I moved away. I was pretty far away from him. Um, he had to dodge away and go for it two times. And he had to use a reroll, but he got the ball carrier down. And he stunned me. So that's not good. The ball goes on the sideline. I was able to get the ball again, but he blitzed, knocked it down my ball carrier, and got the ball. But he did use his last reroll, so I'm just hoping to get it back. I was able to knock the ball loose, um, but the ball was then in four tackle zones. 
Not much I can do about it. Mm. I knocked another mm. guy into the ball just to try to bounce it out as all the people around the ball were covered. So again, Tomb, tomb Kings, not good at f agility. Every single one of them had a tackle zone. But the ball bounces to one of his Tomb Guardians, and he gets a six. Um, of course. I had a chance to hit the Tomb Guardian. I used my Valkyrie with Dauntless. I got it. It was a straight up, and I got a skull. I didn't have any rerolls left. So he hands off to um, Skeleton or whatever and walks down, scores on the last turn. So Ugh. not happy with that. Um, second half, um, now I'm kicking to him. We got a coaching result, but it was a tie. The ball goes to the line by three of his skeletons. He got two casualties mm -hmm. on the first turn. So my line's not holding up too well. I was able to get a knockout, so I felt like I actually accomplished something there. Again, I hit a Tomb Guardian with a Valkyrie with Dauntless. This time I got a push, so that's helping me try to get to the ball. However, um, on his turn, he knocked a guy down and didn't roll armor. And I did the right thing, and Nuffle punished me for it. Told him if he got to roll armor, and then he casualtyed me. <laughs> it never, ever, ever fails. No. It always feels like any time you remind someone, like, oh, okay, 10. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, 12. Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> That's really weird. I forgot about it. And, and yet, I feel like I'm obligated because mm -hmm. I don't want to be a cheaty face. No, of course. I don't That's part win, of the game. And then, and it's part of it's a mechanic of the game. If yeah. someone but, forgets Mighty Blow, I'm not going to remind them. If someone forgets armor, I have to remind them. So. Um. I played somebody within the last six months who's played more Blood Bowl than just like an average, you know, newbie, and they forgot tackle, and I didn't, I didn't bring it up. Yeah, uh, I was actually really proud of myself because normally I do that, and then I, you know, I don't like... think tackle's optional. Oh, is it not? I, I don't know. Cheated. Okay, that's possible. <laughs> well, they picked. They picked a push instead of the dodge, um, dodge pal or whatever it's called. Divinity oh, Stumbles. they they chose. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. They chose to. Now, who knows? Maybe they wanted me in that position. Yeah. They did have tackle, and they could have picked the one and used it, but they chose not to. They picked the push. Yeah. So I just didn't go. Are you sure? Because you have tackle. Right. So I do keep knocking people down. And the annoying thing is I'm knocking people down that have, you know, 8-plus armor. I'm still not getting any armor breaks. Just nothing. I do get set up to hit the ball carrier in the next turn. I was able to knock down a Tomb Guardian. I moved some people around, blitzed the thrower, stunned him, but couldn't do anything about it. The ball's on the ground. He was not able to get it on his turn. I had a chance to get it. I just happened to fail the pickup. He tried and failed, and the ball bounced to me, so I got it. That was nice. I had a shot at scoring. It just required me, you know, to dodge, pass with one Valkyrie to the other, and catch it. So, it's not inconceivable. And, of course, what happens? 
I failed the initial dodge again. And I casualtied myself by dodging. His next turn, he caused two more casualties. And there was just nothing I could do after that. I lost one to nothing. He had seven casualties to my zero. Again, zero. This round, um, we had three draws and three losses. Tim, me, and Chance were the losses. So this whole tournament, the, everyone's been kind of a little paranoid about leaving their bags around. Like, we don't want someone mm -hmm. to take the bags. So I, I would sit with the bags while the people did stuff, or they would watch my bag if I went off early or whatever. No big deal. I packed up all my crap, put it in my bag, and I told Tim, if someone grabs this and steals it, let him have it. I don't give a crap. I'm done. And someone asked me, I was like, oh, so how's it going today? I go, I would like to punch a nun in the mouth. That's how I'm feeling. Because <laughs> the first, I could do nothing again. And I expect not to win the casualty battle every game, but seven to nothing. And I was knocking him down left and right. And I think I got one knockout the whole time. Just can't do anything. It's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so after this, they did have a really amazing thing there. It was like, um, they had a setup with the backdrop of like a banner for the world cup and a camera. So they could do, um, Polaroid photos essentially. So the whole, each squad was encouraged to go in front of it, get a couple of photos and they'd give you a print off of like a, for each member of the squad, like a Polaroid photo. It's really awesome. Okay. Um, so we did that. Probably should have announced that. Like, I we didn't even know it existed until then. That's why we did it so late. I did not have a Hamon sandwich because it's failed me, you know. It was MVP yesterday. Didn't do any good this time. So they had a food truck that had hot dogs and fries. And I got a hot dog had bacon, cheese, and fried onion bits. And it was not okay. not great, but I want to try oh. it. Oh. Okay. And, Sounded good. Well, kind of, but it's not. Um, and then the fries, somehow, some way, tasted exactly like Lay's potato chips. Like, I don't know. I never had fries that tasted like Lay's potato chips. Hmm. So that was weird, I thought. Oh, and I, ha I got a bag of Hamon chips. So Hamon-flavored potato chips, which were more expensive than a Hamon sandwich. So that was weird. <laughs> For real? I think I think it was right. It was like, it was over three euros. And I can't remember if the Hamon sandwich was three or four euros. So it was right there. I should have just got a sandwich. But I tried. So that brings us to round nine, final game. Man, nine games is a lot, but trying to be optimistic after the crap that I've had the first two games and the fact, you know, our squad lost two times in a row, too. Not having a great time. Um, we end up. So the overall squad record is at this point. Uh, I, uh, um, I don't know. 
uh, be four, 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 one, and three. Th- huh? The overall at this point is four, one, and three. So we just need to win right. this last okay. one to get a positive result. For for Americans, he's putting the tie in the middle. <laughs> yeah, if anyone does it anymore. Well, does the NFL still do that if there is a tie? I, I think the NFL is the only one that does it at the end. But that's because yeah. it's so rare. It's just I not know. going to happen. Well, and that's why it's so weird to us at first. Yeah. When we were younger, to see that placed in the middle, when it makes so much sense. But. Oh yeah, it, and I'm so used to it now. But yes, four wins, yeah. one tie, three losses so far, and two okay. of those losses are today. So that sucks. Yeah. But we are on table seventy-six, which isn't horrible, and we played a squad called Blood and Tears. Now, I'd spoken to T.J. Jackson before, and I got to see him there, and we chatted a little bit. And he mentioned he met up with some people that he'd only ever played with on PS4. And I thought, oh, that's cool. This team is made up of people who played on PS4, from my understanding. Oh. Now, you know, we don't have a lot of time to talk, or I'm just not that chatty of a person. But my understanding is that this is a PS4 league. I don't remember the guy's name I want, played. I wasn't in the greatest of moods. That's on me. Um, so I don't really know where they're from, but it felt like they were from different areas. So it's not one okay. nation, but I thought that's pretty cool. They asked him like, do you know TJ? Go, oh, yeah, we know TJ, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh-huh. I'm playing halflings. So I don't like halflings and he's got deep root. So I'm like, I better not lose to freaking halflings. He ended up winning the toss and received, and it was raining. So I'm like, well, that might be beneficial to me. Um, his chef, obviously, because he has a chef. I think he had one reroll in a chef. Uh, his chef this first half got exactly zero rerolls from me. Oh, that's always good for you. Oh, yeah. And then on the kickoff, uh, I got an extra reroll. So <laughs> I was like, well. That poor guy. Yeah. Um, he, he failed his initial pickup and used a reroll, so he was down to either one or none at that point. Can't remember which. Um, I used, obviously, the correct thing to do is to ignore deep root, which is throw a lineman at him. But I had a shot, so I took it. I used the Yeti on deep root just to try with my claw to take him out. Did nothing. Couldn't even break the armor. Ended up putting a Valkyrie on the ball and on the halfling that was by the ball. And my two tree man, my two linemen survived getting slapped by trees, so that was nice. Uh, he did have two rerolls because then he used a go for it and failed a go for it and used his last reroll and then failed the pickup. So I'm in the backfield. He's not able to pick up the ball. I end up casualing at halfling. I downed a tree. Um, tried blitzing the guy. In, oh, no, that's what it was. So I picked up the ball on my side. I got the ball. And then it goes to him. And he's got a tree that's down. And uh, I got a guy standing next to him. And we got a little confused on the rules. Because he goes to blitz with the tree that's down. But he takes root. And we were unsure if he could still hit me. 
because I'm in a, another square. And if you do a blitz, obviously you have to subtract a movement to do the hit because you're essentially taking over that square. So we're like, does this, is he allowed to? And neither one of us really knew. And we're just like, you know what? Let's just say no. I'm not going to worry about it. Um, he was next to the guy yeah, with the ball? Standing next to him. Didn't know if he could just, not to the not to the guy with the ball, just one of my guys. Okay, okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, we're just trying to see if he, if he could blitz but since he took root. Oh, because you're saying, like, he's going to take root no matter what. He still has to make that go for it. Right. It's like, does rush. he have to make a go for it? Does he not? Man, I would if, say that, like... If we looked in the to. rules, like, we would not have looked at the right place because someone was saying it's in the FAQ, it's in an errata... No, it's so what just, is the ruling? It's just in take root that, yeah, you can. No problem. Okay. It's actually in the regular rules. So, But we ruled no. He was cool with it. I told him if he wanted to call a judge, he's more than welcome to. We're like, nah, don't worry about it. Uh, he did end up casualting a lineman, so that sucked. He did fail a dodge, though, for the blitz, so that was good. Then I was able to free up my Valkyrie from his little guys and move forward and just start securing her. I put her in the corner and had to cloud of people by her. Just complete cloud protected. He did a throw teammate, was able to land, tried dodging into all the tackle zones, and failed and casualtyed himself. And then my turn, I just added more people around the cage and tried to get a blitz in when I could. Didn't do anything exciting. Then he tries again to throw a halfling, I think this time he went into a tackle zone and failed and ended up uh, KOing himself. So I scored on my last turn. Um, I KO'd four people at this point. He got two of them back for the second half. And this time the chef took one reroll. So I'm I mean, very happy. You one out of six. out pretty good, yeah. Oh, I mean, for that's sure. pretty good for you. Um, so <laughs> I received the ball. I'm, I'm up one nothing. so feeling good about it. I failed my pickup because of the rain. I was like, that's fine. I'm pretty far away. It's not going to be that big of a... He picks up the halfling and throws with deep root. He lands. He picks up the ball in a tackle zone and in rain. And then he dodged away, went for it three times because the guy he threw had sprint, and he got a touchdown. On my on his first turn of the second half, and I was I was I was not happy. I'm like I do not want to lose to freaking freaking halflings. Just not happy. Um, but whatever. I mean, I still have the second half to basically do what I can. I wasn't really able to do anything on the line on the hit because obviously there's trees there, but I did make sure to get the ball this time, and I secured it pretty well. He threw with deep. Th he threw again with deep root with a minus two. Um, he ends up landing again, and he blitzed the ball carrier, and just got a push. So I got lucky there. I went ahead and moved down pitch, protected myself. I was able to crowd surf a halfling, got it casually that way. Um, on one of his turns, deep root casualtyed my yeti. Not a huge deal at this point. Um, casualty casual another lineman, and then he casualty himself on a dodge. 
So two to one casualties on that turn by itself. I was able to casually another halfling. He's getting pretty low on people. He'd used all his rerolls, and I end up scoring on my last turn. He got back zero of four for the knockouts, so only had three halflings left. The ball goes right towards the trees, right on the line, and he failed to go for it to get the ball to give to the halfling to throw. I ended up winning two to one. Finally, finally, casualties, five for me, three to him. And our squad went three wins, one draw, two losses. So we were able to eke out a win with that. Um, That was pretty much it. Uh, Tim Drew, Drew lost. That was the first game that Drew lost that whole tournament. I think he had a couple of ties, but all the rest were wins. He did amazing. Uh, I think Nick had a loss, not positive. And then Chance and Michael won. So, overall, I went a disappointing to me four wins and five losses, which is the exact opposite of what it did last time. Had five wins, four losses. So I'm nine and nine at World Cup with two times. No time. Take Norse the first time. No, no you took. No, I um, took Pro Elves with Pro Elves, right? Yeah. I was third away from most touchdowns. Oh, that's right. But, yeah, so casualties. How many casualties do you think I got in nine games? For the whole the whole event, you got five that last one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm probably going over here. I'm going to say 10. <laughs> no, I got 16. So, oh, but still okay. less than two a game on average. And I had 38 against me. I had a negative yeah, 22 on casualties. Not what I expected Bro. going into that tournament. No, that's a lot. And I I should have known, not much I could do about it, but I should have known. Like, leading up to this tournament, I kept playing Norse, and I kept getting so many casualties. And, I mean, it's got to be partly what I how I play, but also... I can't control my dice rolls. I'm knocking these people down left and right, and I cannot break armor. That's not on me. That's on the dice. And I'd bought, like, they gave us um, initially a yellow-ish set of World Cup dice. Not the easiest to read. And they had two other colors, purple and white. So I ended up buying both. Uh I tried everything I could. I tried different dice tower. I tried a dice cup instead of the dice tower. You know, just nothing would work. Um, Like I said, overall, the squad ended up going 5-1-3. That did put us at 99th out of all of them. and That's top 25%, right? Pretty close. There's not 400 teams. Yeah, it's pretty close. 33% higher than that. And really, I mean, obviously you have to look at tiebreakers. Because at that point, there's so many teams tied with the same number of points. And our tiebreakers just weren't great. I mean, my negative 22 of casualties probably was not helping. Um, Overall, uh, Drew finished 247th out of all players. Wow. Wow, that's like top 10%. Yeah, pretty close. He did amazing. Uh, Chance came in 559th. Nick came in 844th. Tim, 1,251. 
me 1561 and then Michael at 2060. So again, I I mean obviously I'm not going to be in the top half when I'm not even 50-50. Again, disappointing, sounds, but whatever. It sounds like Michael had a worse event than you. Thankfully for me, he did. Uh, I'm sure he's not happy about that. <laughs> I just didn't want to be the last person on the squad. I'm sure I was seen Thank as a Thank God you were there, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to think of myself as a liability, but I mean, I got a couple of wins when it really mattered. I know a couple of my losses didn't matter. And, you know, you can only do so much. That's part of the squad or team tournaments, you know. Right. So we tried to stick... We tried to stick around for the the awards, but... That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. Ask. How did they handle that? Not well. And I don't mean that in a mean way. It's just... So we do awards, and the communication is by far the worst thing about this whole event. Even before the event and during the event, getting stuff out and understanding things was not great. Well... Everyone goes to the front. I and Tim, you know, made our way well in front of the whole crowd to the stage because we figured to be like last time where they're going to show, you know, the award and the name of who got it. No, they didn't have any type of multimedia presentation. So it was just them calling out names that we couldn't understand for awards, which we could barely understand sometimes. So it didn't even make any sense of getting photos or anything. It was just completely sad. I mean, mm. it would have been nice to be able... Because like last time, they had this whole presentation where it showed, you know, the best Skaven team. And then it showed the top team, the guy's name, and then I think it showed the other two people that were next or something like that. This didn't do that. And it was very unfortunate. After a few awards, we were just like, you know what, let's just hop on the bus and go because there's not much we can do and it was yeah. so loud it was going to take so long to get through everything and we weren't getting anything out of it and we didn't really know how long the buses would late were waiting so we just ended up going back um in a decent mood like i said we would have liked it done better uh, we yeah y'all were happy it was over you're yeah. like oh well, thank that too. god i don't I don't want to play Blood Bowl until <laughs> 2024. Um, we ended up walking down the boardwalk to try to find some place to eat. We found a place called Terra, T-E-R-R-E, kind of a fancy place. Um, I ended up having cod barbels, which are like some part of the fish, and end up being kind of bland. Uh, but we shared some oxtail croquettes, so that was pretty good. And then we just you kind of... oxtail. Yep. It was good. Did you like it? Hence I me saying so. it was good. You just, yeah. I know, but like, <laughs> so you'd order it for yourself again, or would you just eat some from other people? I think it depends on how it's cooked. Like, obviously, it's a tougher cut. This was cooked well. Um, I would, I would try it again for sure. I'm saying, if you went back to that same restaurant, knowing that you tried it, would is there a chance you would just get some oxtails for yourself? Well, the oxtail croquettes were like an appetizer, so but oh, I did okay, like it better okay. than what I had, so probably. Okay. Um, yeah, we kind of just hung out. Um, not a whole lot of excitement. We were all wiped, tired, obviously playing that many Blood Bowl games and not sleeping well and 
just the excitement of it all just kind of is what it is. So we go back and slept and I guess might as well just stop it there and take a little break and then we'll come back and talk about the after effects of the tournament with stuff coming okay. after sounds good coming out after not after effects but either way we'll be back in you. just a moment Spanish town was on a night like this. Stars were peekabooing down, was on a night like this. I whispered, Be true to me. All right, so you got a good night's sleep. You had your oxtails. You bowed out of like not supporting everybody as they win their awards because you're. I did feel bad about that. People. I did feel bad about that. You know what? I don't know if you should because that's a big tournament with a big event, and and it's not like it was I like get... in Kansas. It was like at the Kansas City Carnage thing that yeah. we went to last year, and they had this special award ceremony. I mean, I got to be honest. Probably in that event of you know getting on the road early or not or whatever i just don't know if i would have stayed if i wasn't going to get something yeah and it's not a fact that we couldn't we weren't getting anything that's fine it's just we weren't even able to enjoy the presentation because we couldn't hear what was going on that's gonna be my next part if you really couldn't understand what Mm -hmm. was being said it was so many people I mean, that's, and again, that's another thing like, too. It's, it's like, like one of those assemblies in high school where yep. somebody's talking without the mic and only the people in the front row can hear them. Exactly. And there's another thing too is like I couldn't even hang out and talk to other people because it was so loud. So like I could see Jonas or I could see I saw Mateo. Remember Mateo? Yeah, of course. I saw him cutting through the crowd. I wasn't able to catch him in time. So if somehow Mateo is listening to this or someone knows Mateo, tell him I wanted to say hi, but didn't. Yeah, sure um, there's like 50,000 Mateos in the world, but okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, the one that yeah, went the to one Chaos that plays Cup. Blood Bowl. The one that went to Chaos Cup who... in 2017? 20... Uh, Six, 19? No. Nah, I think it was 2015. 16? I think it was 2015. And I believe it's the Mateo that went to Boys Town. Yes, uh, absolutely. And survived. There you go. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just too loud to even talk to people. So that's kind of why we left too. So Monday morning, get up. It was very nice to sleep in to like 10 or whatever it was. Everyone else was kind of sticking around for a while. I had a train to catch in at 2, something like that. I can't remember what. So I, I just walked to the train station. I said my, my goodbyes to everybody. Um, they were going to go up to the castle like... The Airbnb had a beautiful view of the castle that was there, especially my room just had like a view of it, but couldn't go. I ended up having to walk to the train station. On my way, I picked out a few different places I wanted to hit on my way to the train station. One of them was a really cool street that just had a whole bunch of mushrooms. That's all it was. It's called Mushroom Street, and they had these giant ceramic mushrooms that paid you know was up and down the avenue so that was really neat to see um i found what was called an american mall 
and I was too stupid to understand how to get to the actual mall aspect, I guess. I don't know. I went into I went in an opening, got to a store, was trying to find deodorant. The guy told me I asked some lady, we eventually figured out how to communicate, and she go she's like she is a nice old lady. She took me to a green, a guy in a green shirt. That's what she was saying. Camisa, verde, verde camisa, whatever. Camisita. Um, so she found a worker there because he's wearing a green shirt. Told him I wanted deodorant. And I couldn't exactly understand, but they're like outside, left, upstairs. I was like, oh, okay. Because this was like a grocery store. I figured it would be right there with all the other stuff. So I go out. There are stairs. I go up the stairs. And it's like a department store. So now I'm in home furnishings. I'm like, that's not what I want. So I go up further, and it was like automotive stuff. And then how to actually set up your house and buy carpet. And like, nope, I'm in the wrong place. So I didn't get to see the mall if that was there. That kind of sucked. Um, there were some comic shops. So there was like one road that had three comic book shops all by each other. Like there's one, one a little bit further down, then one across the street from that one. They had an anime shop. They had uh, an odd Japanese shop that just sold Japanese stuff. Like not anime, but like stuffed animals and the uh, capsule game stuff. So they put everything together. It was really neat to see. Didn't really find anything amazing that I couldn't live without. Uh, I got to where the train station was, so I was within sight of the train station, and there was a cafe, so I ended up going there to get breakfast, had some chocolate croissants, and was posting to Facebook about, you know, where I was and what I was doing for the morning, and Craig was like, hey man, I'm at the train station right now, so I just went over there and hung out with him for a while until his train got there, and as always, I'm very early to everything. So I had like an hour and a half to wait. Not a whole lot of places to sit down, and it was an open-air train station. So I went to a restaurant and got, well, air conditioning for one thing. And I ordered chicken fingers, and they were amazing. Like, they were freshly cut, nice breading. So one of the best things I had there, sadly. And then I got a carrot cake, carrot cake which was very... Not so good, but it was something. Well, you know, carrot cake has a vegetable in it, right, Steve? Yeah, but I like it. Wow, that's weird. Um, so got on the train, was going up to Madrid. I ended up getting a couple of things at the the uh, store there at the station. So I got paprika, uh, paprika chips, which are basically just peppers, and some gummy bears for the train ride because. Always got to get gummy bears. So got to the train station. Did you buy good ones or did even overseas you buy the terrible Harboro ones? I like Haribo. I will stand by that okay. and they're my favorite. So okay. uh, got a cab to the hotel. I got a hotel just right up away from the airport. So I was just going to relax and enjoy myself that evening, not do anything. Since I was a reward member, I got a free drink and chips. So that was awesome. They had a nice little bar, um, I guess a bar slash restaurant area. So I went down there and got that. And um, they had jamon 
on potatoes with extra virgin olive oil and paprika. And it was amazing. Like, it was just like a little appetizer thing. But for whatever reason, how they cooked it, the seasoning, it was awesome. And then I got back to the room. And you know how sometimes you go to a hotel and you get like little candies or whatever? Like free candy? Mm -hmm. They had free marshmallows. Just like a little bag of tiny marshmallows. I dug it. It's pretty good. Mm. Okay. I uh, told the the uh, desk that I needed a taxi for 4.30 in the morning, and uh, I went to sleep. Actually, I fought with my, I fought with uh, Lufthansa for about an hour because they screwed up my ticket. It wasn't letting me check in. So this whole thing took much longer than it should have. It was a pain in the butt. Anyways, then I went to sleep. Got up at 4.30, took a taxi to the airport, was there way earlier than I needed to be, um, got some chocolate pastries at the place, and then got on the plane. Uh, did a switch over at Munich. It wasn't that bad. Um, the bad thing was we got there faster than we should have, so we didn't get to go to the gate like we wanted. Someone was already there. So then we had to go to the tarmac, and we had to wait for stairs to come to us. So they had to bring stairs and a bus. So we went down the stairs, got in a super-packed bus. We went through <laughs> customs, and then there was about three more check-ins all along the way where I had to show my ID and boarding pass, and then I go this way. Then I showed my ID and boarding pass, and I go that way. Then I showed my ID and boarding pass. It's like, come on, this is ridiculous. Um, then I got to where my gate was. They had a little snack area. I bought a Mars bar because it's basically Milky Way. I bought better gummy bears here because they are the German Haribo ones made in <laughs> Germany. Yeah, I'm sure they're better. They are. I can, t I can tell, but... Then, since I'm in Germany at this point, because it's Munich, they uh, they had pretzels. And I was like, I'm going to pretzel because it's a long flight. I want something on my stomach. And the, I go, and I go to check out, and he goes, you want a regular pretzel or you want a pretzel with butter? I was like, with butter? Yeah, I'll try that. So imagine a pretzel cut in half and then slathered in butter. It sounds amazing. Goes, no, it's way too much butter. And it was fine, but it's. I had to just wipe off most of the butter, and then it was fine. Um, so got on the plane. There was two people sitting next to me, and I guess. What kind of a fat man are you that you don't like a pretzel slathered in butter? It didn't need the butter, and it's not like melted butter. It's just cold ass butter put on a pretzel. And it was was just, the pretzel cold? Yeah. I mean, okay. that's, that's what I'm saying. It, it is weird. Okay. No offense to Germans. Um, so two people sat down next to me. And I guess, from what I could tell, the flight was not full. Because he kept looking to the back. And like assuming it's the wife, is like, let's just go back there. It's not full. So they got up and left for different seats. I'm like... I could yeah. have a whole row to myself. No, then some other random woman came and sat down at the aisle seat. 
So I don't know who that was. But I did have an empty seat next to me. So that was nice for the whole flight. Okay. Um, See, for dinner, we got barbecue chicken with polenta. That was not great. Um, What is polenta? Just like, uh, well, you know what? I'm in front of a computer. Let me just tell you what it is. I don't know. Now's the time when we Google. It's a northern Italian dish made of yellow cornmeal, soft and creamy, Sim- uh, texture similar to porridge. Did you like it? It tasted fine. The texture is not my thing, but it was fine. Um, there was also some tomato and rice rice dish that we got later on, and it was okay. It's just very tomatoey. But we did get free Kit Kats for whatever reason. I don't know why. They loaded us up with free Kit Kats like three times. But okay. whatever. They're probably old. They were fine. They tasted fine. I'm not a huge Kit Kat guy. Like, they're just fine. They're not great. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one more time. What kind of a fat guy are you that you don't like Kit Kats? I said I like them, but they're not great. You're telling me they're one of your favorites? When's the last time you went to a store and bought a Kit Kat? <laughs> Like, yes, you'll eat them in the variety pack at Halloween, but you're not going to a store and buying a Kit Kat. I'm just saying, like, a Kit Kat is never like a a candy that you eat it and go, that wasn't very satisfying. You're like, yeah, that's pretty good. I think I'll have another one of these little guys. I'm on slightly the other edge where I'm like, eh, that was okay. I'm fine. Okay. So, again, my, this was an early flight. Like I said, I got up at 4.30, got out of, Munich probably by 7 or 9, whenever. Uh, my plan is not to fall asleep. My plan is to stay up the whole time, get back to the house, and stay up until about 9 or 10 and then crash. Um, so I ended up watching movies. Watched Hail Caesar. Again, seen it before, if I like it. Watched Jerry and Marge Go Large. I finally watched The Devil Wears Prada. And um, I watched The New Little Mermaid. And when people tell you that that did not need to be made, they are correct. They're very apt in that. It did not need to be made. Then I finished off with like the first three or four episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Landed in Denver. Was pretty tired. Got out. And tried to, you know, made my way out. TJ was on my flight too. So that was neat. We didn't chat or anything. He was further back. So we got to say hi to each other during the line, trying to go through security. And um, then we left, and I went out to go get an Uber. And for whatever reason, Uber was just driving me crazy. It did not want to give me a, a pickup. It kept saying that people were picking up you know, the fare, but then they'd cancel it. So I'd have to do it again. And it's all because Fort Lupton's like 40 minutes away. So when, finally when I got a guy, he's like, you're lucky. You know, I live up here, so I'm fine with it. And I like the longer ones. But a lot of the Uber drivers, they will just take it and cycle through so that they can get oh. someone who's going downtown. Because it's quicker, they can get back, get another fare, and they tend to tip better. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Sucks, but I did get back. Um put all my stuff down and the plan was to stay awake for a while 
and I stayed awake until probably 8 p.m. and then just crashed. And it was a little bit, you know, a lot of people got COVID over the weekend because we heard a lot of people talking about that. I might have given They got it, it from you, right? There was a possibility they got it from me. It's a possibility <laughs> I had something else, and then I got it at the end. I will tell you, I was so tired the next day. And it was more, like, it was more tired than just jet lag. Because I'd done that before with the previous time. And that was fine. Maybe I'm older, maybe different situation. I don't know. But that next day, I was supposed to, I had off, you know. I made sure to have that day off. And Craig and I were like, well, maybe we'll go see the Cubs game because the Cubs were in town to play the Rockies. No, there was no chance that was going to happen. And I did nothing that day. I, I think I unpacked some stuff and did the bare minimum and fell asleep real early. And then the next day, I'm supposed to go back to work. And I called into my boss. I'm like, I'm out of it. I can't do this. Like, I was dead for days. And I was not, I was messed up sleep wise for about a week and a half. Just because even when I could sleep, I wasn't getting good sleep. Like I was waking up every hour or two. It just sucked. Right. Um, but, so that's part of the reason why this is so late. Is not only did Scott have issues with scheduling. When Scott was free, it was me going, man, I'm just too tired. I can't do this. <laughs> I'm wiped out. Like I didn't do anything that weekend. It was uh, well worth it. No, though. it's a. It was quite an adventure and a journey. And if anybody is still with us, <laughs> they heard all about it. <laughs> um, so I did write down some takeaways from Spain. I will say this. Okay. So many dogs. There are dogs all over the place, and I get it. It's a city. So many what dogs? Do you know what okay. a dog is? Like an animal, a pet. No. Oh, so, I got you, bro. But yeah, people were just walking dogs everywhere. Just, I don't know. There was also a lot of smoking. Um, seemed to be more younger people smoking that I saw than anyone else, which was weird. They had, at, at busy places, like uh, the cafes and stuff, they had automatic payment machines. So I would go to, like, the, the airport the last time I got a couple of chocolate, you know, pastries or whatever. You go up, mm-hmm. and there's the person at the counter behind a cash register, but there's a giant machine there that you pay. So she rings it up, and then you either tap the card at the machine, or you input your change or input your cash, and it spits out the change. So they never have to do anything. It's all done by machine. So it speeds things up, mm-hmm. and it's really neat. Uh, I was very happy that I have a NFC on my credit card. Because every place took it, and it's so much faster. Just zap, done, zap, done, zap, done. Coke bottles over there, for some reason, not water bottles, but Coke bottles. When you untwist the cap, there's a tab that keeps it connected, so you don't lose the the top. And I guess some people hate that. I thought it was really cool. Oh, interesting. Um there was a lot of same-sex PSA, which I'm cool with, and I'm glad to see. PSA. Public, public. show of affection. Oh, so like you got some show, a lot of girl-on-girl action, huh? And guy-on-guy. But it was just cool to see. I mean, obviously, it's more progressive city than 
most of America, but I'm I'm totally teasing you. Oh, so. I know. Uh, one another thing weird, um, not weird, but continuing on from last time, a lot of graffiti in the big cities, and I guess it's probably true of big cities around here too. But it's just like they don't. It's not all bad either. It's probably a lot of you know street stuff that they commission to fill walls. Not a lot of billboards. You know, driving around Spain, no billboards. You know, we drive around America and there's giant billboards every five minutes. So is that nice? Yes. You can actually see the countryside. And then fashion-wise, a lot of jean stuff. Things that went out of style in the 90s here, like jean skirts, jean jackets, acid wash jeans, all that stuff, very popular over there. Don't know what that's about, but uh, it stuck out to me. Um, so that's my thoughts on Spain. Thoughts of the tournament overall exceeded my expectations of how it'd be run. Uh, they did a great job. There's obviously places to improve. Most of that's in communication. It took three, four, five days for them to post the final results on the website like who won each individual thing. I don't think they've still yet shown the complete listing of everything. We got it up to the end. Not, that I, so not I, that I know of. Yeah, we've seen the complete listings. That's how they're able to get everyone's um, stats. But I don't think it's gotten to the NAF yet. But it took a while. Um, Anyways, it's a big event, so that's to be expected, I guess. I would say from an outsider point of view... You know, it is such a big event. You're watching from afar, and you'd like to see standings as round and round yep. go by. But at the same time, you try to understand. But the fact that I didn't hear people complaining, I think, says a lot. Like, I yeah. didn't hear any small nitpick complaints of, like, man, they, you know, this got... There was no delay. Time, yeah, no delay. That's huge. La last time there was some complaints and you know again i would never want to run one of these events i like running blood bowl tournaments i never want to run one i would love to 2000 plus it's just yeah i know because you're crazy i know but it's a big logistical <laughs> thing and that's enjoyment you know try to make everything run right uh the pitches i disliked how they were not split like we did you know all the sidelines are on one side versus split but it is nice that they are so thin, so it's easy to pack up and take with. Okay. Um, the dice were awesome. They're by Arcaro. It was cool. We got the initial ones. But again, for like event, there was extra colors, but they didn't really advertise they had extra colors. And then just the stuff that they had for sale at the booth. I'm going to be honest, like I've spoken to the NF, NEF before about running the World Cup many, many years ago. And one of the things that was made apparent to me is they are not allowed to make a profit in any way. This last World Cup may have changed it, so that's why this one was different. But they were selling so many things with the World Cup logo on it. And, you know, beforehand, they're like... We've got cups, and we've got buttons, and we've got, you know, stickers, and this and that. I'm like, okay, cool. So I picked up some of that and picked it up. 
But then the little booth they had were like, we've got keychains and we've got tote bags and we've got this and that and these and the other. They even had little pins like the stick pin with a clasp on the back mm-hmm. of just the Blood Bowl logo. Not, really? Not the World Cup logo. Not the NAF logo. The Blood Bowl logo. I have no idea how they were able to get away with that. No one checks, but whatever. They do now. (laughs) You're going to get them in trouble, Steve. A lot of that was weird. Um, As I said before, we only got a model given to us. There were official teams you could buy, and not one. It seemed to be like two or three quote-unquote official teams. So that was odd. I didn't buy any of them. And it's the only World Cup team I don't have. Because it's not official to me when I have to buy it in, instead of giving it to me. So I didn't much like that. The venue, as I said, w- was amazing. It was huge. Set up great. It served all of our needs and then some. Um, like I said, the audio sucked. The food. I've, I have heard from someone since that said that the omelet was good or the paella was good. So, you know. A Yoris from last time was talking about that. So maybe differing opinion, but oh, and the third day, I didn't talk about that. Like it was ham-owned sandwiches for everybody and I didn't get one. And apparently they were rock hard. So probably a good thing. Hmm. Um, what else? It's because you ate all the fresh ones. Very possibly. It is... The location was amazing. A little vacation town. Everyone was kind of near each other. We all had to take buses to the event, which I'm glad they had that set up. Otherwise, it would have been heck trying to get there. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I really wish they would have had some more, like you said, telling stats, telling, you know, who's at what. They should have had some type of videographer there recording stuff, putting it up, you know, tweeting it, putting it on Facebook, whatever. They should have had some audiovisual person there handling that. I mean, it would have been nice. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, if they ran a good event for the people in person, that's the most important thing. It sounds yep. like they did. So They did not get stuck I mean, with a ton of uh, pitches like last time. There's not a ton of dice left over like last time. So everything that way seemed to do much better this time. Okay. So hopefully the NEF did not lose money, is what I'm saying. Okay. Anything I I didn't cover that we should cover? Part of me is like, hey, NAF, why don't you uh, go ahead and make a little profit and make the website better or this or that? I, I was very much like that. I'm like, hey. Why don't you just let us sell what we sell, and then you take the profit? Who cares? Like, no, we just don't want it to make a profit. How can you run a big event and not make a profit? Because then you're running too close to margins, and you're going to lose money. Anyways, whole different argument. Maybe worry about that next time. But Sure. So, again, anything I did not cover Um, that you think I should? Um... Not that I can think of 
in this moment. <laughs> you know, as soon as we stop recording, I'm oh, yeah. go, oh, I should have asked you about this or that. Um, I did try to work in no. everything I could. Obviously, some of, pe- some of you people love hearing every little detail. I can go into much more detail, but I tried to condense it down. Um, some people don't. That's fine. I get it. If you have questions I did not address, feel free to ask me off air. If you want us to answer it on air, I can do that too. Don't have a problem with it. Um, I don't have anything else. So if that's it, should we go to shout outs? Sure. Okay. We'll be right back with some shout outs. time it's finally shout out time um yes this is a long episode but i appreciate all of you listening to it and getting this far huge shout outs to the organizers of the event um and again i had my doubts but they pulled through and i'm very proud of them for doing so shout out to all the referees did a great job uh the venue all the vendors big thanks to everyone who pulled off that I want to say thank you to everyone I met who was happy to meet me. Um, I wish that Scott was there because pretty much every one of them was like, man, tell Scott I said hi. Tell Scott I love the show. All that. So next time, Scott's going to go somehow or another. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. In four years, if you cannot take a week off of work, you're doing something wrong. Man, there's so much I want to do. I know. Um, and I got to admit, like, this trip sounds amazing until the Blood Bowl kicks in. <laughs> I mean, uh, for There real, is truth to that, yes. You describing day three, I'm like, oh, gosh. I mean, you know how, like, you can have a an alternate? Was there yeah. many people who had alternates? I would have no way, no way of knowing. Like, okay, I'm pretty okay. sure that one squad did, like I said, but other than that, I have no idea. In one way, that sounds like I don't want to be an alternate, I'm at the World Cup, I want to play as much as I can because it's a lifetime, once a lifetime experience. And then another part of me is like, Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> no, take you would want off. you would want to play unless you've somehow lost all six games, which I don't see you ever doing. You would want to play, it's just that last day. When it's a culmination of everything else, I will say that this is one thing I did not mention. The previous World Cup, we did a little bit of traveling before 
and then we got to Dornburn, and we had a day or so before the event. And I think that might make all the difference. Because you're saying it's not, it was nice to have that resting period. Between yes. Them. Yes. Because okay. it, we had a night to ourselves and a chance to relax. It was one of my favorite days in my life was that morning that I got up and no one wanted to do anything. So I just walked down to the town and got to see the beauty of the mountains and meet some goats and go to all the, that area. That was amazing. And then good. Sure like, appreciated you. It was but it was truly a chance just to relax before the event. And then we had the next oh, day where we had the intro to everybody and we got our stuff and we got to say hi to people. And then we went into the tournament. And then, of course, I did a little trip after that, too. But I think next time, no matter how hard it probably would be to do, I need to put in a day in between the travel to and the event. Just to decompress. Okay. Um, but again, major shout outs to everyone I talked to. Uh, there's no way for, mem- for me to remember everyone's name. Um, I do appreciate you coming up. I had e- even had a couple of people like, well, I wasn't going to say hi, but I remember you saying that even if I didn't look approachable, you should approach because, you know, I'm not, blah, blah, blah. And they did. And I'm like, absolutely, you should. I mean, I'm not going to approach random people and be like, hey, I'm Steve from Both Down. Don't you know me? I'm a big deal. No, I'm not. You know, we get good numbers, but maybe 20% of the World Cup, if that, knew who we were or would know who we are. That's probably too high. But still a lot and still amazing. Um, Sure. Shout-outs to... Um, Craig, my roommate, who helped me bring stuff home so I didn't have to throw away all my clothes because that was my plan. Uh, real quick, Craig's, Craig's squad did really good, right? Yes, yes, absolutely. Should mention that. Um, Craig's squad was the, Amer- the- was the top American team, and I do not know what place they placed at. I apologize, but they, but they did really well. I mean, think like- they're in the 40s. Um, That's really good. And Craig and I had the same record, 4, 0, oh, and 5. Okay. So, um, okay. but yeah, he allowed, my whole plan was get over there, throw clothes away, and then I have extra room to travel back. But he had plenty of room, so he took some of my stuff, and that was really awesome of him. Um, That's weird. I would have told you, though, boy. Yeah, you probably would. I wouldn't want to take your dirty... Wouldn't want to take your dirty clothes if you weren't planning on it. Craig's too nice. Yeah, he is nice. Um, Don't you take advantage of him. I can't think of anything else. I feel like I'm missing things, but again, with those 2,000 people, it is so hard to just hang out and say hi to everybody. I said hi to Tom, I I said hi to Tom for like 10 seconds. Yeah, I just can't imagine... Again, hats off to the people in the committee because I obviously I know people that went to the World Cup and I have not. Besides maybe Steve, we could say maybe Steve nitpicked one or two things here and there because he gave his opinion. Oh yeah, but he's it's not really complaints; <laughs> it's just it's, uh, feedback. You know, yeah, absolutely. Because nobody really 
gave me bad feedback about the events. So no, and unless they're just being super nice, but I asked like, how was your trip? How was it run? And everybody's like, yeah, it ran smooth. It did this, it did that. So there was a lot of trepidation that it was going to run smooth. And, you know, I fell into that as well. And again, like you said, I'm providing feedback and I'm being honest about it. A lot of people don't be honest. I'm honest to a fault a lot of times, even when it comes to our events, you know, you know how much of a stickler I am for just the minute details about, we can't do that. We did that last time, or we have to have these on the table because it makes it look better and all that type of stuff. Right. Um, for sure. Amazing experience all around. Just my first time as an adult traveling on my own to another country. Cause last time I had Scott Hess, you know, leading the way. Uh, missed him. It would have been nice to travel with him, but he's off doing his own stuff now. Um, hopefully next time, no matter where it is, you and I will go and we'll make our own second Metamorical Dust Devil squad so we can have, be the ones that have fun and don't have to worry about doing well. Uh, Drew and Chance oh, can be on the good squad. Fun, dude. <laughs> I don't want you on my squad. I want to win. Okay, well, you'll be on Chance's squad and Drew's squad. <laughs> Me and Michael will be over here. I'm not here being off. on Chance's squad either, unless he has matching socks. Okay, well, that's another vote for matching socks, which I didn't think I'd have to say. <sighs> I like teasing him about his unmatching socks. Oh, I know. Uh, it's, again, I can't say anything more than it's amazing. If you, That's one more shout-out that I want to say. Shout-out to all the Americans who went over there. There was a lot of us this time. There hopefully will be more next time. And it keeps growing and growing. And if you have not gone, highly recommend it. Obviously, it's a lot of games, but add a couple of days before and after. Hang out with people. Like, it's, we are one of the best gaming communities you'll ever find. Literally, almost anybody there, I bet to a person... If I said, hey, man, I need $5 to buy a ham on sandwich. I do not have it. I will get it back to you later. Pretty much every single person there would be like. Would look you in the eyes and said, bro, you've had too many ham on sandwiches. That's probably true. I'm going to buy you something different. But they would buy something and they probably would not care to get the money back. That's the type of people we have in this community. Always helping. Always outgoing. Always just great that many people didn't hear anyone cheating didn't hear about any fights didn't hear anyone yelling heard chairs breaking because they had flimsy little plastic chairs but no one was getting mad about it yeah the chairs were uh (laughs) it was very cool from a distance that might be the one thing I would go like, oh my God, I couldn't imagine sitting in those chairs all day. But at the same time, so, when you have 2,000 people, here's the thing. And, you know, $30 com- chairs are going to break too. So, you know what? They were comfortable. Nine really? games. Oh, and that's, an, oh, that's one thing I wanted to talk about that I forgot. Sorry. Initially, I thought having the games go so long and then having such a long break, because the game's like two and a half hours, and then we have an hour really? and a half in between each round or something like that or 45 minutes you had an hour and a half i don't know don't yell i'm saying whatever it was you can go look at the the 
list. I don't remember what it was, Ooh. but it was a long time. Okay. And especially if you finished early, I thought, you know, that's just too much time. It wasn't. It was awesome. It allowed us to get food. It allowed us to look at the vendors. It allowed us just to relax, talk to people. Honestly, I loved it. I was skeptical, but I absolutely loved having the extra time. Okay. Um, I don't know. I know. I feel like I'm rambling at this point, which I have been rambling for probably four hours now, whatever it is. But unless you have anything else, I'm going to call it a wrap. Okay. Sounds good. Um, Take that as a no. What's next for us? <laughs> well, I mean, it's pretty much good. I do want to, if you are listening at the end of the show and you're in the area, I want to remind everybody that the Random Royale is coming up on um, November 25th, which is a Saturday in Norman, Oklahoma. If you'd like to come out for our You Build Your Plane team, if you had block on any of those players, it turns into Brawler. And then we randomize some skills and play some Blood Bowl. We're trying this out. So come on out. It's only uh, $20 with the uh, early bird fees. So come on out, sign up. And I you know, I hope anybody's still listening at this point. <laughs> so uh, anyways, you're not going to do anything else today. I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. You can go shop with your wife or something like that. But you do all the shopping on Friday. And then Saturday's, yeah. is it football Saturday? I mean, kind of, but there's not like. I mean, there's probably some good games going on, but uh, don't worry about that either. You just come out and play some Blood Bowl. I mean, who fake cares? fake football is better. You don't want real football. You want fake football. Yeah, fake football. <laughs> um, what's next for us is um, Steve has these what? planned grandiose plans of like another podcast before Chaos Cup. But, I um, think we should do another one because we got to talk about going to Chaos Cup. And then we have other stuff to talk about. So you might end up getting three podcasts this month somehow. Insane. Insane. I mean, that's, that's I agree. no free time for me. We shall anyway, see if it happens. Ep- the next episode will be 100% shorter. Yes. <laughs> well, not 100%, but <laughs> significantly shorter. <laughs> and uh, anyways, uh, thank you, Steve, for the wrap-up. Sorry for everybody for how long it took us to get to this point but you see why now because we needed a lot of time yes we did and um steve you went and did some journeys you had some crazy international sex with people you've never met before and you had a great time doing so and played blood bowl so i'm gonna let you sign us out i guess i am now an official journeyman see what i did see what i did huh journey you got you got a journeyman patch no i didn't i'm so i they do have patches now for playing tournaments in five or more countries. Do you see that? <laughs> yeah, for the Americans, that's going to be pretty yeah. hard for a lot of us to get. There's like probably 10 Americans that can ever claim that. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, realistically, I'm in, I've got America, and I've got Spain, and I've got Austria. So I just need two more. So maybe Mexico and Canada next year. Does that count? <laughs> that's what it sounds like so we'll we'll have to do that and then i can get me a new patch all right well sign us out my friend okay well thanks for listening and we shall see you all next time you can follow both down on twitter at both down you can follow scott at real scott prime and steve at kilowog 2814 
If you'd like to email them, the email address is bothdownpodcasts at gmail.com. Or for more information, you can visit them at bothdown.com or at facebook.com forward slash bothdown. And we'd like to close with a tune I hope you're familiar with. It's entitled Spanish Flea.